0: So the day I got caught, I went into the precinct and they started like clapping and like, we got him, we got him. And there's like multiple cells on one corridor and I'm just seeing like all my drivers. Out. And what are you thinking as you're walking down the hallway? I was screaming, I was like, yo, don't say. Because they would bring people for interrogation. I'm sitting there, stressed the f- out. They took my possessions, but they brought me back my wallet. In my wallet, I had 10 pieces of acid. So I typed all 10 pieces of acid. I had a whole strip. All 10? All 10. That f- kicked in about an hour later. And that's when they called me to the interrogation room. And I got a f- smile on my face. <laughs> I'm f- tripping. They started asking me, like, where did I get all my stuff? Just give somebody up. And I'm like, f- you, I don't give a. F-. They were like, you know, you're facing life. I was like, I don't give a. F-. Give me 25. I don't care. The district attorney is there. And there's like 10 DA agents. And I was like, "You f- idiots gave me 10 pieces of acid right now." I was with my f- wallet, dumbasses. That's when it is just threw me back in my cell. But when I get to see the judge, the judge is like, "Yeah, so we're here. You're on a little bit of LSD," and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is cos Marte. he was a teenage
1: drug kingpin that made millions selling to celebrities in new york city and today i learned the whole story about how he built his empire what it was like being in juvie on 9 11 the time he was tripping on acid while being interrogated by the police in prison and how he turned his entire life around to build a fitness franchise on the very same corner that he first got arrested this is an amazing convo so without further ado enjoy cos Marte. welcome to camp Thank you so much for joining me, bro. I appreciate it.
0: Nah, thank you for having me. I appreciate you, bro.
1: I've watched the uh, the Vice doc, and it was it was wild. I was like intrigued immediately.
0: I didn't didn't even think it was coming out. Uh, They they actually sold it to like Channel Four in the UK, and um, and it was I I recorded that like four or five four years before it even came out. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So a lot has happened since that recording. Yeah,
1: there's parts of the story that I'm like so curious about just from watching it that I feel like. You no, know, it's only forty five minutes. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff that probably got cut out. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: It was it was three days of
1: recording. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. And I mean, and you're just like your storytelling and everything was just like so intriguing. So I just wanna get into it. And I wanna start with uh back in the DR mm-hmm. where your parents are from, where you were conceived, technically. Yeah. Um your folks are both from Dominican Republic. Yep. And you were telling me before your dad's a beekeeper. Yep. That is awesome. Yep. and And like back
0: back then like they didn't use suits and shit like he like literally had like something covering his face yeah that was it he was just one with the bees yeah absolutely like he (laughs) he'll take machetes when they bite him and like he'll have to cut off the 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 stingers the stingers a certain angle like just shave it off as Bro, Dominicans are a different, different breed, bro. Yeah, different Just a, different. They're animals. <laughs>
1: Dude, you're just shaving up their arms to get stingers out. Yeah. That's crazy. wild. And so basically your dad saves up enough money. Mm-hmm. He is able to send your mom and you while she's pregnant with you to New York. Yep. You end up in Lower East Side. Yep. And my like the perception now, I grew up in Florida. I moved to New York recently. Yeah. Lower East Side is nice. Yeah, it's very I mean, nice. It's very cute. There's like a dog spa. It's a bougie fucking. Yeah, exactly. Right but now. when you moved here, it was not the case.
0: Hell no. What was the East no. like when you were coming up? I mean, heroin was everywhere. Like, yeah, it was just so much needles. Every like every ten steps you took, there was just a needle on the floor. Like mm-hmm. I remember, there was uh, one of my friends. He he fell on a, a heroin needle and got hepatitis off of it. Just like playing like, in the street, uh, rollerblading. And tripped up in, that's, what in park park. Yeah. that's what you get for rollerblading yeah that's what
1: you get for rollerblading you shouldn't rollerblade yeah rollerblading <laughs> in the park you know. that was your time though rollerblading was was hot back in the day yeah hell yeah
0: i loved rollerblading did half you rollerblade pipe. as a kid yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. yeah i loved it what, yeah, the solomons were you able to like hit the hit the rails and stuff uh i was not a good grind i was doing yeah half pipes but i was were you really yeah, yeah oh sick but yeah. you never caught the you never got the heroin needle and no, 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 <laughs> yeah. thank God. You were just God. dodging, bobbing and yeah, weaving through, yeah. through needles. But no, there was like uh, blocks where like you'll see a hundred people, like like two blocks long of heroin addicts. Nodding like, nodding out. No, no, waiting to buy heroin. Oh, really? Yeah. And sometimes it would be like these metal doors and they would just stick the money through it and like they get the shit, you know? And, and just push it out through the like, the, boom, like, boom, like boom, apartments. Boom, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, that's crazy. And so you came up seeing all that. yeah. And was your mom like, was she telling you like, yo, stay away from it? Or was she busy with her work and kind of let you, let My you run? My mom
0: thought like drugs was, she still thinks like weed kills people. Like yeah, she yeah, thinks yeah. is the devil, you yeah. know, and like. Is she religious? Uh, super religious, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like, and not super religious, but she's religious. You it know? Took you and, to like, church growing up. Like, yeah, the whole she tried and I used to like <laughs> fight and not want to go and, yeah. you know. And so, and you have how many siblings? uh well four of us for my parents and then my dad yeah gotcha yeah
1: and so how many were living in the in the spot in the lower east side
0: uh four of us yeah. all in the house all in a tenement apartment just yeah. like a small sleeping like, head to toe like yeah yeah and you were going to school in the area uh
1: same area yeah gotcha yeah. and so you're coming up and all of a sudden you see people like selling heroin selling drugs it was family members that were doing it oh
0: really yeah folks but, you knew of like cousins and stuff uh in the same floor in my mm-hmm. same building you know so like my I, I grew up in the fifth floor my mom still lives in the same building same apartment rent control she's probably paying 700 bucks for it. Two bedroom, oh, really? Right She's now. still in the same spot, yes, same, never gonna leave. That's sad. uh, and if that's like generational wealth, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, New York, fucking, yeah. The other people
1: from not from New York don't understand, yeah. like, yo, that is the hookup of yeah, hookups,
0: hell yeah. And, and back then, like, they were offering people money to leave, mm. but anyway, long story short, like, my cousins, uh, were we had the whole fifth floor, so every apart, there was five flo- apartments there, and then we have family on the sixth, the fourth, so. Mm. We were grew up just going from apartment to fire skates to mm. hanging in the rooftops all Rolling day, roaming free all day. Yeah, yeah. Like my playpen was literally the fire skate. Like, seri- like <laughs> my mom used to put me, and I used to pee on people from the fire skate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, what we did.
1: Just putting toys up there, just like yo, be free. Yeah, this is, this is where you're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, no, like
0: get the fuck away from me, yeah, go yeah. to the fire skate. I'm like, all right. I'm like,
1: and so you're like, you have family members that start kind of getting involved and just doing like little
0: flips here and there. Yeah. Most of my cousins that I grew up with were older, maybe like five, six years older. So they were out already in the street mm-hmm. and they were rocking chains. They already, you know, they, they, they were living that lifestyle that I thought was success. Yeah. You know?
1: And then you mentioned in your TED talk, you were like, my goal as a kid without really any means, be rich absolutely that was like the end all especially because you see all your family members like rocking chains they got watches
0: they got the sneakers and i'm broke yeah like i might have got a hand-me-down you know i was wearing like my sister shit yeah yeah. were you you getting picked on and stuff there's been times that i was made fun of but i was not like i was not getting bullied right you know did you have to
1: fight at all like growing up oh yeah yeah i mean
0: fighting was uh, that was inevitable Mm -hmm. you know
1: and that was just like kid shit like at school
0: yeah school kids and then just like running with clicks yeah and shit like that and then did you start as like a lookout no I, I started so the way I started selling drugs was uh, weed oh. um, it was a supply and demand uh, I was 11 years old smoking and like I'm going to junior high and like kids used to call me Smokey the Bear cause oh, really? I was always fucking high and like
1: and oh, your cousins were like yo hit this And you were like, oh, well, my cousin
0: was the one that like, well, he was like, "Yo, you want to smoke? And I was like, hell yeah. And I like, I did not really know how to smoke. But then I started (laughs) smoking and I became like really addicted to smoking. And all the kids in my school were like, see me with red eye. I used to joke. I used to come with weed and all that shit. And so they wanted to smoke and, you know, other kids were smoking. So. They, we were all. I'd be like six people on a nickel bag, you know. Mm. So everybody would give me a dollar, a dollar, dollar, and I would go to my cousin and be like, "Yo, I need a, I need a nickel bag. Let me get it. I'll pay for." Uh, back then, you could buy a Philly for a quarter, so mm. I'll go to the local bodega buy a Philly. You know, be the only one that's pretty much knows how to roll, so I would roll, smoke, and it became like I was that middleman. And I'm like, "Fuck it." I'm gonna, at 13. I I bought a, my first ounce of weed mm. and uh made almost 300 bucks off of it
1: like in in what time period? like, like a week? Uh, it
0: took me about a week
1: yeah. yeah so going from nothing all of a sudden 300 bucks is yeah. like oh right. hell yeah yeah right. that's, that's crazy sure it's a lot and then you start buying like little things
0: yeah i was uh, buying more weed yeah. yeah i'm wearing sneakers now you know like i'm just continue that hustle and then i went from like an ounce to a quarter pound to half a pound to a pound to multiple pounds but mostly just the kids at school uh no and, and people in the neighborhood gotcha. and so i was like hustling in the corner or if i'm i'm in the park or whatever and then i I had my beeper i'm giving out people my you know we used to like rip pieces of paper out and just like yo beat me boom
1: and this is that like still 13 14 yeah that's crazy
0: and and 14 was the one the first time i really touched coke mm. like uh sold coke and that was like that was also a supply and demand. I was I was hanging out on the corner with like the Coke dealer a lot. And this guy comes up and he's like, oh, where's Kev? And and I was like, oh, he's gonna come back. And he was like, nah, I gotta go. I need a couple bags, said, okay, you got it? And I was like, nah, 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 he's coming back. And he was like, ah, oh, I'm out. I was like, oh, well, hold up, let me get the bread. I'll go get it for you. So I went down the block, bought it, made a little profit. And I was like, I right, I think I could do this shit too. And then all of a sudden, so you know, realize the margins. The margins were way better.
1: And the the amount you got to carry is like nothing. Yeah,
0: and it doesn't smell.
1: Yeah. And so yeah. you all of a sudden like, yo, this is a superior product. This is like the the businessman in you.
0: Well, I know ne- I never saw it stopped selling weed. Like <laughs> weed and coke was like always. And you, were, you were you were pushing both at the same time. Yeah, always.
1: Gotcha. Always. And then you would stash like at your parents' crib.
0: Uh yeah, the building, my parents' crib. You know, just wherever, Ever, yeah.
1: and then you had family and cousins on the floor that would have stuff. So
0: if you needed stuff, you could just go run it from them. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't trust fully trust all of them. Oh really? What do you mean? <laughs> Some of them became users and 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 stuff like that. So you know, there was times where like my stash went missing. You know, because mm. I have now my cousins an addict. You gotcha. Know? And so, and so, does your mom know about any of this at this point? Uh, my mom found out I was uh, selling weed uh, when I got locked up for weed at 13. Mm. Um, and I was with my little brother at the time. And we were, you know, we were walking in the park. And I sold a couple bags of uh, a nickel bags to my boy. And um, and we started smoking and got locked up. And then she got a call from the precinct. Gotcha. And that was over. Yeah. You know? And I got home and she was like, you doing that? <laughs> and she was, you know. Yeah, she was not Screaming, happy. Screaming, crazy. not happy. Crazy. And that my was with dad, your... my dad was way more cooler about it. <laughs> oh
1: really? Yeah. What was his what was his energy?
0: <clears throat> he was like, if you're gonna do it, just do it and you know, do it in the fire skate, you know, don't go outside, don't hang out in the corner, you know, do blah blah blah. They just thought I was smoking, they didn't think I was making money off of it. Yeah, of course. And uh but my, my dad um he he lived through it like he's he saw so he, my dad got my mom over here but he been in new york like early early 80s you know when like it was bad he worked in a bodega went back to dr mm-hmm. my mom so he's back and forth and um and his best friend got deported for like selling kilos out of the bodega that he was working so i know he was like come on yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and he, he did, understands the
1: game he like he did some shit you yeah know? of course so uh, he's not he as shocked. Got caught. he's not as shocked by this yeah got you and so that first time that you get jammed up just like a cop basically just like saw
0: you guys smoking it was like no i was actually detectives like they were like to like tnt squad um mm. so what's tnt squad uh tuesdays and thursdays that's when like they there was like tests drug task enforcements coming out and like doing sweeps gotcha and they'll put you in a paddy wagon so they will have like the the paddy wagon would just roam around the neighborhood and you know tuesdays and thursdays they, they were coming out and they were and 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 you're staying in that paddy wagon until they're picking up more people
1: oh so literally it's just like so you like, know the people jumping in the car you're yeah like, yeah, yeah. like oh got you. fuck they got
0: you too bro <laughs> like damn that shit is crazy and you yeah with cuffs and mm.
1: And so, what are you thinking when you're sitting in the back of this paddy wagon?
0: All these kids from the neighborhood are getting locked up, and you're just like, "Fuck!" I, I was not scared. I don't know. I was just like, uh, "I know I'm I'm young. I'm gonna get the fuck out." Like, right. You know, I got caught with a, two bags of weed. Like, you know, and they let me go out of the precinct. Mm. And
1: you, you know? were with your little brother.
0: Uh, my brother. They they brought home. Okay. I was literally across the street. You're right. right so. and was he scared? Oh, uh, he started crying. <laughs> he started fucking crying. Like right. uh, so the whole story is like I was walking with my little brother and my little cousin actually. My my little brother was nine, my other cousin was eight, and I was basically got a beep at home, called the number. I was like, yo, yeah, I wanna go to the park. I can't, I went and I met up with my boy Chuck and um we we rolled it up, started smoking. And I'm walking with the blunt in my hand, and they, they grabbed my arm. They threw me on the ground. They cuffed me. And uh, Chuck tried to get away. He kept walking, but they grabbed him up. And Chuck was 14. I was 13. Um, and they took both of us. And so my brother at that time uh, was, started crying hysterically, and he had a dare shirt on. And, uh, and uh, he had a starter jacket, one of those old, sc- old school starter jackets. And uh, he opens up his shirt and he's like,
1: don't take my
0: brother. I'm part of the D.A.R.E. program, <laughs> please. And we, we crack jokes about it all the time because he, so he, like, he was hysterical. My, my brother's actually a city council member for downtown Manhattan now. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. D.A.R.E. program worked. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is, bro. Well, that incident <laughs> worked because that
0: shit scared him straight. And me... It didn't work
1: but. no oh that's wild bro the dare program shirt while you're actually yeah. on the corner <laughs> is so funny and i'm curious like how did you were you not worried about like because when if you're on the corner selling drugs the thing you got to worry about more than the cops probably especially in that time is just like other drug dealers just like running you yeah. just like robbing your shit so like how did you protect yourself from other people so,
0: taking it weed was not a well, was not an issue um like it was what a like i grew up in the neighborhood like everybody my family was there like that was not an issue coke was the issue like if you ran a, a a coke block or heroin block you couldn't sell on that corner so i've had fights for like hustling on one corner because my corner was 2 blocks away mm. you know um and, and that was an issue. And Did you ever stay protected? Like have like a little knife or like anything like that? I've had guns and knives, all that shit. Right. You know?
1: But like, were you doing that at like before your first little life? My first gun I had was 14. Oh, got you. And yeah. that was when you yeah, switched 38 to
0: 38 revolvers, Smith & Wesson. Yeah.
1: Wild. And you got that just from like family member that was like? Uh, a friend. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. And that was when you were doing Coke or when you were selling Coke? When I was selling, yeah. Got gotcha. you. And so you... Do like the little juvie thing, nothing mm-hmm. really happens, like
0: Yeah, I mean I, I got I got caught up. Um so I did uh uh two months in Juvie and then I also did they gave me an opportunity to do a program. Um all in total was a little bit over a year. Mm-hmm. And I actually learned how to cook crack while I was there. Now, in in juvie? Yeah, well, in the pro when they referred me, mandated me to the program and mm. uh and from Juvie to the program that helped me get out early and uh, there was like escort visits um, so one of the, the kids that was there basically uh, I had an escort to Red Hook Projects and he was the only Chinese kid in Red Hook like Red Hook Projects now is still fucked up but it was fucked up over there like, yeah. like gangs are like crazy you're hearing gunshots every night like shit was wild and so uh, we get to his spot And he was like involved with the Bloods and all that shit. And so he's like, yo, well, let's go see my boy. We go to another apartment and they're cooking crack over there. And so he was like, yo, you know how to cook? You can help me. And like, yo, pass me the baking soda, like boom, boom, boom. And like (laughs) right there, I'm like. That's wild. Yeah, learn how to cook crack. And so what is the escort program? Like what does that even for Well, it it was like uh, towards the end of your release, you could get somebody to uh, come with you for a home visit. For the mm. weekend, Uh, and so that was like a home visit that we got, you know. And so you get like maybe, maybe five home visits the whole time you're there, but like you get it towards the end of your release. Got you. And, and this was a Chinese kid that was
1: like affiliated.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of unique. Yeah. Well, he he grew up in the projects. If right. He grew up there. He sold crack for them. Like, do you still keep in touch with him? i haven't spoken to, this is 2002 whoa you know,
1: 21 years ago so then that's where you learn it so then now you're not in school mm-hmm.
0: like what is juvie even like it's gladiator school you really? know, you just got to get ready to fight like i fought every day every day and so just, what's the deal is it like cells are you like in yeah you in you in like rooms little cells basically oh you shit bad and this is all other, like, kids, like, 12 to 15. Or is it, or, or if it's, uh, or if you're in Rikers Island, is open, like, I've been in both sides, but, uh, open door rooms where you have just beds side by side, and mm. there's like 60 kids, you know. And then what are you even doing there? Like, are, are they doing school still? Uh, if you don't have a GED, you go going to school. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you're trying to get, you know, your GED. Gotcha. Um but it's not really school like you're going in there and it's just like people are just fucking around yeah they're just like like, like, kids locked in a room that all have like a criminal record and just it's all like gangs like it's right and I was not never part of a gang so Mm -hmm. that was always a problem with me like and um did you fit in with like other Dominicans or like other people from your block yeah 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 like so it, it's, it's very segregated, like blacks with the blacks, but like not even blacks with the blacks because you got separate gangs in blacks and then you have like separate gangs with Latino, but like, like the the Latino like have like their own thing. And I was always, I hung out with a lot of black people. Uh, like my bunkie was black, you know, and like we kicked it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I got offered to be in a gang and I was like, how much are you gonna pay me? And they were laughing, and I'm like, no, I don't do shit for free. Yo, for and real? Yeah, yeah. At
1: 14?
0: No, this was when I was a little bit older. But. I mean, just having, like, the
1: like the savvy to be like, oh, you want me? Like, I'm going to bring a lot. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> how, how much are you going to pay me? Yeah, I'm not going to work for free. I'm not going to go stab somebody. Oh, that's crazy. And that's what usually happened was like, they'll send people that want to rise up, or they're a soldier, and you send them on the dummy mission, and they're cutting, stabbing, they fucking people up. Yeah, you know, just for rep. Yeah, what was that? That
1: shit. That, like, it was more popular in New York back in the day. Like, probably around that time. But I forget what it was, it was like—a punch and slash or some shit. Where like you would literally just like knockout. Yeah, knockout, yeah, yeah, knockout game. Out. Yeah, and like basically, you got like young kids that literally just have to like swing on someone. Yeah, and then someone would have to see it. Yeah, and then that's okay. Knockout. You can rise up. Yeah, that's great, But you didn't fuck with any of that. No. Got you. And so you get out of juvie, and then you got to go back to school again yep and now you're like now your whole perception of school i feel like is
0: probably completely different ah uh, man i i you know i was i always uh did well in school, oh really, yeah, always did well in school like i i knew my times tables before first grade you know gotcha. like uh um, so my mom was a teacher in the Dominican republic mm. and she always like enforced school 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 on us but i was just like this is a fucking waste of time for me yeah you but know? you're just like a
1: smart dude so like school up until a certain point is pretty easy
0: yeah you can yeah. just kind of go
1: and get your homework done in 20 minutes I, mean, I got my
0: high school diploma and i graduated on time oh cool I, I sold drugs
1: even with like juvie Everything. even with selling drugs the whole yep. time So then you get back out and then immediately
0: back to the corner? Uh, So I get back out, I go to public school, I go to Sewell Park. Sewell Park is like, at that time, in 2002, it was the highest dropout rate of any public school in the city. My graduating class was supposed to be 500 kids. And it was me, and 66 Asians bro and i'm talking about my whole school was like black and latino and that's like wild only the asians and me graduated bro, <laughs> and that's crazy it was crazy wow so every other
1: name is just like korean chinese name and then Cos Marte. yeah Yeah, (laughs) and you walk
0: yeah oh that's wild i went to school because i saw like all my clientele was in school right like i came home with the mentality i'm like i'm gonna hustle i'm gonna not get caught you know and i'm gonna sell weed again yeah and so i started i had two of my friends running the hallways i'm like I had the next tells in class, like telling people like, yo, go here, go there. In class? In class. Bro. Uh, And like, we had different floors where like, you know, so I was already operating something crazy.
1: Yeah, that's insane. Uh, But you just have like a business mind, I feel like. Like, is that fair to say? Like, you just see things I feel like in business terms.
0: uh, I, I think I'm just not a person I guess that, that procrastinates, mm-hmm. you know, and I see every opportunity, every time as an opportunity to make money. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to, not even, not today is different, but like, you know, that's how I saw it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then now the money's coming in and you're doing weed and Coke. And mm-hmm. are you like using Coke at all at this point? Nope. You never touched it? No. Nope. Really? No.
0: Nope. And why, why? Like if you're smoking weed, why would you not? I never... just saw family members and people in my neighborhood like, where you get messed up yeah you know and and then i I was selling crack too Mm. um so after high school uh around that time like actually before like while i was in high school i started selling crack Mm. Um, and who taught you how to like cut the coke uh a friend of mine gotcha Uh, but we didn't we didn't like when i was operating a big business i didn't cut the coke Mm -hmm. everything was raw Oh really? Yeah. Oh crazy. It's like straight off the they they package it in like fucking like this brown bag mm-hmm. and you know, plastic wrap and it's like
1: And you were getting supplied fresh. from like Colombian dudes in New York or something? Uh no, I was coming straight from uh, overseas. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were corresponding with them to actually get product. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And you just got the connects just through people that you knew? Uh f- my
0: partner got gotcha. basically
1: oh that's wild and so and they just drop it off like fedex like dhl packages and shit
0: there was times that that happened there was times where they were sending kids that were like 14 15 year old uh on the plane with it you know back then you didn't have like the bio whatever machine that you walk through the airport it was like you clear the mag you're good bro so they were uh, every kid they would send like four or five kids together with a half a brick of coke and their underwear each.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And this is like 2003-ish, 2004? Uh,
0: this is oh four, oh five. This is
1: actually a random question, not even related to this shit. You were in New York during like 9-11. I was locked up. Really? In Juvie. What yeah. What did
0: you think? Like, you heard about it? You were just like... I was fucking crazy. It was crazy in there. Because where was the, the Juvie Center? Uh, that's when I got referred to uh, Rhinebeck, New York. Got gotcha. you. So yeah. you're out of the city. Yeah but everyone you know is like yeah and every, the phones are shut down everybody's calling everybody's like wilding up there uh, I was actually in, in class up there and uh, the teachers that was in our class his wife was in one of the towers bro uh, my neighbor uh, in my building that lived right under me she was in the tower she passed away <coughs> and my sister was working downtown and like came home like all powdered up you know that's insane and yeah. you have no contact you can't even you c- the phones were not working do nothing about it yeah and then there's this couple hundred you know people and there's only a couple phones right you know? and so,
1: everyone else has family that's in the city
0: too yeah
1: bro that sounds crazy stressful
0: yeah it was crazy
1: yeah that sucks
0: and we we were in a room watching this shit in the fucking tv i remember like and we just we saw the first hit, and then they put us in the no. This we saw the second hit. So they put us in the room. They were like, "Oh shit, one of the towers." We we're watching. I think it was like CNN at the time, and then while we were watching the second one, and we we're like, "Oh fuck!" It was crazy because it's like wartime. Like, yeah.
1: it, like you're probably watching it, being like, "Oh, we're going to war." Like this. No, is- we.
0: I I had no concept at that time. I was sixteen years old. You know, I I didn't think like, mm-hmm. you know, I I was like I didn't think it was a terrorist attack right know? we just thought it was like what the fuck an accident or some on? shit yeah
1: bro that's crazy so then back to the story uh, you graduate now you're like moving more product you're on the same corner
0: still you don't ever move around well I I moved around you know like I was on a bicycle you know moving around and, mm-hmm. and doing delivery sometimes if people beeped me or called me or stuff like that but I was on the corner
1: yeah and then at what point did you meet your partner and then actually like start doing deliveries?
0: Uh, so my partner and I, we met, I mean, we we knew each other for a very long time before that. Um, but we met uh, and became partners after he came up to me and was like, yo, I, I, need, I need some work. And so I gave him my work. He went, sold it, came back an hour later. He was like, yo, I need more. Gave him, came back, sold it. And I was like, and he was like, yo, what's up, where can I get more, where can I get, and I'm like, yo, I don't got no more, motherfucker, you just ran out of <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, at, we were like, yo, let's go let's go uptown and buy something, you know, and so we called our uh, connect that I had, and we put both our money together, we split it, and then it was just like, there was no, we're gonna write a contract, yeah, and, handshake. and, and you know, it's just... there was no handshake, it right. was like, I trust you, like, we grew up together, like, mm. You know we're we're doing this together, right? And you can know? see
1: that he was hustling, that he wasn't like hooked on product. He was just trying to like make money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were the same way, so it was like yeah. perfect.
0: I mean, I've never f- seen or, or met anybody with um, the same hustle mentality that I had, mm-hmm. and and he was smarter than me, mm-hmm. and t- and more more intellectual, but more way more riskier, which made him dumber. Interesting. In a sense. It
1: balanced out his intelligence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, yo, I'm just gonna take these kilos
0: like r- ride around just like bike in the city with uh, cash on them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Yeah. And or so, like rock men colts and, and 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 fucking ride around in a Fleetwood Cadillac with Pearl White Seats with twenty two inch gold <sighs> rims and the loudest system down Times Square and playing porno. Yeah. <laughs> on DVDs with all the TVs and the fucking cars just screaming with the windows down shit like that Bro. you know with, with drugs on us yeah exactly <laughs> just attention just like yeah, yo yeah, look, yeah. At <laughs> us,
1: look at us but were you flashy like that were you were you flexing the same I, way
0: I was I was flashy but he was way more flashy than me yeah yeah I mean he liked the lifestyle like we all loved the lifestyle uh, he was just like he was just you know we, we all went to the stores and bought shit but like he was just like always you know going crazy yeah and then you mentioned like the the
1: turning point like the reason why you got really successful in a time where maybe some of the other people on the block might not have been is like business cards and started selling to white people yeah and how does
0: that happen so we were like writing our numbers and pieces of paper and like giving it to so how it happened I, I i had a clientele base before he came in um with like a lot of crack ads and, and a couple like white like Like Natasha Lyon, uh, from like Orange Is the New Black, with the frizzy big hair. Like she was one of my main clients. Like she brought Paris Hilton over to buy shit from us. Like I've I've sold to like a lot of people like that. But like this was before me and my partner were operating. So I had, you know, uh, people that were hitting me up, and um, it all popped off because this this club called Happy Endings uh, was on. It's actually like a weed lounge now. <laughs> uh, and I went into the other day. I'm like, man, I used to sit right here and fucking get, Bro, like, serve Coke that's right hilarious. off the fucking lounge here. Anyway, so um, that club turned crazy. Like it was like straight hipsterville. Like it, Tuesday nights, it was weird because we'll have like a whole bunch of hipsters come in with fucking bicycles and they will park their bike. And we like, our crackheads used to steal their bike and then sell it to us. It was <laughs> fucking nuts. <laughs> uh (laughs) like one time we had like literally like 50 mountain bikes in the backyard like and didn't know what the fuck to do with it um and and (laughs) anyway so um yeah we in uh uh, happy endings uh the bar we get cool with the bouncer the bouncer is like sniffing coke too so Mm -hmm. we would give him a couple bags he would like refer people to us and it would just become like you know and you were actually pushing out of the lounge itself At one point, yeah, like, because the corner that we had was Eldridge and Broom, so we're, like, literally half a corner away. Right. And so we were the corner boys, and so now we're, like, and then once we got cool with the owner, now we're fucking in there hustling, and now, and then the the, the business cards came about because we were, like, writing shit on piece of papers and stuff like that, and then uh, uh, our friend, um, she worked at Kinko's at the time, and she lived on the block. She used to hang out with us. And um, and I don't know, like Joe, Joey, my partner at the time, like he might've told her like, yo, or somebody, we had a conversation about cards. And then she was like, I, I could make cards at Kinko's. And so we made happy ending cards. So it was all black, white letters, three phone numbers on it and shit. Fucking blew up. We we ordered five thousand cards. We gave it out to everybody that we that was white that looked like they had money and that looked that it was sniffing coke and smoking weed.
1: Hey guys, we're gonna take a break real quick because I gotta tell you about my friends at Morgan and Morgan. And I say my friends because I literally know these people personally. Yeah, I grew up in Central Florida, four oh seven, Orlando, till I die. And I grew up not too far from the Morgan family. Great people. Started as a small little law firm in Central Florida, and because of their great service and simplicity for submitting a claim. They grew to be one of the largest personal injury law firms in the country. Let me rephrase that, the largest. Yeah, I'm talking about over 100 offices and more than 800 lawyers nationwide. The largest personal injury law firm in the country. And they're that big because they do great service. This is what makes them amazing. In less than eight clicks, if you go to their website, you can submit a claim if you wanted to. That's how easy it is. You could submit a claim in eight clicks or less. Submitting a claim is actually easier than like ordering food off Uber Eats or like trying to buy something on the internet. It's that simple to submit a claim if you wanted to. The other crazy thing, they don't charge you unless they win your case. That's right. That's amazing. That's a good deal. And I would know this because these guys are Central Florida legends. 407 heroes. So if you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless you win. For more information, you can go to for the people.com slash gagnon. That's correct. For the people.com slash gagnon or dial pound law. That's pound five two nine from your cell phone. That's for the people. F O R the People dot com slash gagnon or pound law pound five two nine. If you're ever injured, you can submit a claim in less than eight clicks. Let's get back to the show. So yep. like you grow up in like a Dominican neighborhood in the lower east side and then all of a sudden there's like these like hipster white bars that show up. Yep. And you're already on the corner. Yep. And these white kids wanna do coke and they got yep. money and
0: they're trying to party. Yep. And you're like, I'm already here. Yeah, we always like entice them like, hey buddy, do you you, you smoke? And so like we open that door. Like mm. <laughs> marijuana is yeah. a great way drug. <laughs> <Yeah>, DARE program, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and so we like entice them, hey buddy, you wanna smoke with us? And like, oh. you know, we'll be always, well, we are me and my boy smoked 50 blunts every single day. Like two packs of cigarettes every day. Just chiefin' in the mm. lounge. Uh, no, just on the block, on just the block. yeah, all, all the time. We just didn't stop smoking, um, but we would be outside and they, they would come out, smoke cigarettes, and be like boom, 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 and then we'd be like, hey, we have a 24-hour delivery service if you wanna use us, call us, blah, 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 and shit just fucking went wildfire, like Whoa. it blew up. I mean, that whole delivery system
1: now in New York is very common yeah right it's like yeah. you got seamless you got uber eats you got drizzly yeah. you can get anything delivered at any time your groceries whatever yeah. but you were doing it at a time where like
0: delivery isn't really a thing yeah i mean the only thing that you were probably delivering was Domino's. <laughs> right like yeah. you couldn't even order from a restaurant yeah literally yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be like you got to come pick it
1: up yeah but you were like yo i'll come to you yeah now that seems really risky like in terms of like like the drug game like you have your number attached to a card obviously there's nothing on the card but like yeah. There's now, like, a paper trail, literally. Oh, yeah. And were people telling you, like,
0: bro, this is stupid. Don't do this. Yeah, people thought we were crazy. Yeah. But we didn't even get caught like that mm-hmm. because of that. Like, right. You know, we we would, uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> and all the numbers that we were getting, like, we were, we wouldn't even save them by their names most of the time. Most of the time, it would be, like, what uh, building number you're in. Mm. Cause we would go and we would put like the building number, so we're like right away. Like when the phone rang, uh, uh, we knew like three hundred five West Twenty Sixth Street. Like it's calling, I'm hitting up. Like yo, crick, yo uh, three hundred five West Twenty Six. Copy. All right, give me ten minutes. Ten minutes. Boom, boom. You're Whoa. there. And so we we had the whole dispatching set up, and then we had business suits on, and that came about because I got locked up. Um, I got locked up in the projects and I was fighting a case. And while I'm going to court, I was wearing a, a business suit. And like me and Joey staying up all night fucking selling drugs while I'm going to court for drugs. And um, and he would pick me up out of the car, be like, yo, come pick me up. So he picked pick me up, we get in the car. And I was just like way more incognito. Like I would step out of the car and nobody would look at me. Yeah, of course. You know? And so... I was like yo we gotta dress nice bro we should we should start dressing like this and mm. yeah, we went to like Ralph Lauren got fitted out and all that shit I
1: mean it's the opposite of standing out like this is like the opposite of like the drug dealer game like yeah. yo, I'm not wearing the mink coats I'm wearing a suit yeah we we
0: stopped like like our Cadillac broke down because <laughs> we're, we're like rocking 22 inch fucking yeah, rims bro. and yeah. like potholes and we're like driving 30- It's
1: lowered or some shit. Like 100 like,
0: miles like, per hour to get to a client yeah, and yeah. driving on sidewalks and shit. That's you know? hilarious. Seriously, like we drove on sidewalks yeah, all just, the time. Just popping around. Because we're not waiting for traffic. Yeah. I oh, had 27 hilarious. points on my license. No, yeah. still? Uh, no, I got I had to pay like 10 grand to get it back. but But yeah. you were just getting tickets all the time. I just didn't give a fuck cops
1: cops pulling you over in the car with product
0: with product yeah and I'm taking red lights I'm doing everything to to make sure I have the best customer service right in the name of customer service yeah (laughs) and
1: were you like what was the what would happen you get pulled over you're like if I like if he searches the car right now I'm fucked
0: no we would usually have the drugs on us uh, in our underwear or cheeks or we, we actually we had the best dash in that Cadillac Fleetwood like so that the, the horn when we bought it it was a uh, I don't know if you remember the dub magazines oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, <laughs> you know like it was one of the cars in the dub magazine oh really and so we had <laughs> uh, the when we bought it like we hit the horn after maybe like a week and like it didn't work and it was like like it just didn't work but it was like a cap on it so you opened up the cap and it was like you could stick your fucking like arm whole thing, like you're you're fisting somebody (laughs) (laughs) so we were that was the best stash they would never think about throw
1: a key in there and you're good exactly oh that's crazy and so what was the situation where you were dropping drugs off the building
0: Oh, that was before, like, me selling crack and coke on the block. And we, you know, like, me. So, like, before the delivery service, uh, I was I doing was with my boy in Atlanta a couple of days ago. And um, I was just, I was obsessed with money. And I was obsessed with not wasting time. And I, stu- I used to stay up three f- days, four or five days at a time. Like, like because I, I didn't want to miss a dollar. And because if I would step off the corner I would miss somebody coming and it was just like back to back back to back it was just crazy and so my boy Spanish uh, he was on a, he used to be on the roof uh, we, we knew all the cabs uh, uh, undercovers. So the, the the undercovers at that time and some precinct, fifth precinct, they had these yellow cabs that were undercovers. Two W sixty four. Like we we knew these numbers off the top and the license plate. And their license plate was different from it. A, so a yellow cab has to match the top of it and the plate. And if it's mismatched, then that's a cop. Mm. And so he would be a lookout from the roof. And so, we would tell people, like, you know, come. Yo, know, the boys are coming. Or I would collect the money downstairs. I'd be like, yo, just turn around the corner and somebody's throwing that off the roof or throwing that out of a, a an apartment. Whoa. So, I had a whole, like, all my boys were just operating with me. It was crazy. And the thought process with that is actually
1: pretty smart. Like, yo, there's deniability. Yeah, there's no hand-to-hand transaction. Which is actually, like... Kind of smart. If you think yeah. about it, like yeah. it's, it's sort of <laughs> obvious, but it's like, it's, it's a little harder. It puts a little bit of a buffer.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could probably maybe take it a trial and beat it. Right. Yeah. I, you we don't got evidence. I just, he gave. He wanted to give me money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and then he found coke somewhere. Like yeah, I had nothing bro. to do that with it. God, <laughs> yeah. God, God, God did. God did. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. And so, okay, so now you're doing delivery though, which is the exact opposite. Yeah. So like the throwing it off the building is actually not a bad move, but now you're actually like having people dispatching. But you're not doing the deliveries anymore once you're in the suit
0: yeah 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 well at one point yeah but then we basically just became dispatchers and then we hired dispatchers to operate it and you're hiring people just like you know from the block yeah people that we grew up with um people that were hanging out with us all the time so like my boy uh my partner at the time was super aggressive about like uh not wasting time and like we used to see our friends just like hanging on the corner 24 hours a day Smoking weed and we're like And he will get aggressive with them like what the fuck you doing <laughs> on the fucking block. You ain't like doing shit You ain't getting money. You you need fucking money blah blah blah. We over here waste we, we don't got fucking time to waste, you know, we got to get this bread and so literally screaming at people <laughs> and i used to just be dying and so um it, he would convince them to sell drugs whoa and so now that like you're
1: doing coke and crack or like pushing coke and crack how are you not afraid of other people like robbing you at that point like how do you prevent the violence
0: i mean i had guns uh like when i was sitting on a corner the, when i started the delivery system it just like there was no violence like i'm dealing with a whole set of new clientele. Right. I don't gotta hang out in the corner no more. Right. But when I was sitting on the corner, like I had my gun in the in the um in the mailbox, you know, and you know, if anything went down. Mm-hmm. Did it ever go down? N- not really. Uh when we had our delivery service that went down um one time somebody knew where our stash house was and they um uh One of my guys like left the apartment, got a gun put up to his head. They made him knock on the door they uh tied everybody up and what was crazy is we had like uh when they went in it was three guys that robbed them um they uh they stole all the weed and there was about a half a kilo of coke on the table bagged up, and they didn't even touch it. Why? I guess they didn't even notice it whoa because the weed was just so much. Yeah, you know, like, smell you know, like, it, you find it. Yeah, and oh, that's it took A couple thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, and at that point, what was a kilo going for?
0: Twenty, uh, like in New York streets, 22, 23. Yeah, you know. And
1: then at this point, now you're doing delivery, and you're still doing everything pure. You're not like cutting the. You're not cutting it up. Nothing. Whoa. Yeah. So everyone's calling you back. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. You got the best
0: shit. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if it comes sure enough, in, did, where, did you have the bags uh, like custom at that point?
0: And, and no, custom was so right after. So <laughs> I, I got so many. Yeah, every day was a fucking movie for me. Because you know, uh, I want so, all the details. I don't want to skip over parts. Yeah, no. So after um, after high school, I got I went to college. So I got accepted to college, for, and and um, that's when I like started dealing i didn't go with the intentions to go sell drugs at college Mm -hmm. like i went over there to like all right let me see if i could go to college you know and and so i went i got accepted to university of albany this is uh 2003 and it was the uh i don't know if you remember like the mtv uh, fraternity reality show back then it was like the what was the name of that uh,
1: like it, like they would go in and show all the to college and stuff. yeah, yeah. And it was,
0: but we had the number one school in the fucking country so was, and MTV was there and it was just party like crazy but first day I get to college my um, I have a, a roommate I met my roommate um, he's from Puerto Rican kid from Flushing Queens and he's like yo man I wish I had some weed blah 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 I had an ounce of weed on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: personal stash.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was still hustling, but like I just had it, you mm-hmm. know. And so I was like, I got some. If you. Want. I, got, I had some haze. And so I, he was like, Yo, you got more? And so he bought more. And then he told this friend that came to that college school. They bought some, and it was like, I'm back into fuck. I'm, I'm back into the game I mean, when it always, you know. I just followed me around, and then um, uh, that first week. Um, Somebody asked me for coke, and I was like, I right, I went back to the city. We threw a crazy party in my room, and one of the kids there got caught. The cops raided us. They they found like five hundred bags of, I mean, five hundred beer cans, and uh, and, and they took this kid in. This Korean kid, he was sniffing coke off the. We we actually tempted him to fucking sniff a line of coke from one line side of the desk like this fucking table <laughs> like he just sniffed it all the way across like two footer yeah like big shit yeah and he killed it and we were like oh crazy but we made so much noise that the cops came then they found like coke and his fucking shit and anyway they take him in Um, now I'm like the coke guy like I stopped going to school I'm like sitting in my room I'm just getting fucking knocks on the door knocks yeah. on the room 1301 like out of they, the dorm. Out of the dorm. Whoa. And so this shit was fucking nonstop. Yeah. And then these girls come in, they buy a bag of Coke, a couple bags of Coke. They go to their room. They bought weed off of me. They start smoking. The cops raided them, and they found these Superman bags uh, uh, in their trash can. So they took them in for that. When they went in, they told them everything, like, yeah, Klaus is bringing all this stuff. They already knew because the Asian kid that got caught that also first missed. week, yeah. they already started an investigation on me. And so when they were like, oh, you got these bags from Klaus, right? And they were like, yeah, he's bringing all this stuff to the college and all this <laughs> shit and blah, blah. I'm and in the terror program. Oh my God. And so fucking one of the girls, they left her phone with her and she's in a cell. And so she contacts me and says like, yo, i'm so sorry i'm like what the fuck is you talking about i'm so sorry the cops are gonna go radio right now they know everything i'm like what the fuck is you talking about and they're like we're in the precinct and they they took and she's like stuttering and and i'm like oh shit i got math fucking work like so i take all the shit i stash it in the car and they come and this is the day of my birthday and so like it's cleared. Uh, I had like, a couple girls in the room where they they were singing me "Happy Birthday." <laughs> I had a cake. We were fucking listening to LimeWire. Wire. Yeah, hilarious. Uh, and and so they they fucking raided the room, and uh, and I was like, yes, I beat these, these motherfuckers I didn't find shit. And so um, I had like a thousand dollars on me, and they they saw that and they was like, "Where's all the drugs?" I was like, "I don't I don't know what the fuck are you talking about." And so they got they raided the room they found my empty bag of cokes just like the the glassy bags they were empty like it was you know but they had the superman logo they were like we fucking know everything we know a stack
1: of empty bags yeah
0: yeah and, and so and then they kept searching and they found a little bottle of like volume pills that i forgot somebody gave me of them shits and they were like, what are you doing with this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This is somebody else's medication. This is drug paraphernalia, blah, blah, blah. And so they take me to the precinct, and they were like, look, we're going to give you an option. You get the fuck out of school, or you want to go to court for this shit? You <laughs> know, That's like, a
1: pretty easy choice.
0: <laughs> so they banned me. I can't ever go like 100 meters from the school. To this day. Yeah, but I was there, like, the other day. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't give a shit anymore, <laughs> yeah. but, like,
1: the, the rule was, like, don't ever yeah, come back. You
0: don't ever step into this premises, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I I went back to the streets, and I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I was just trapping all day, all night. And that's when you link back in with Happy Endings?
1: Like, that's when you find uh, that spot? And yeah, then...
0: about a year later,
1: yeah. Gotcha. And at that point, like, you're in, in college, like, you did good in school. Was there ever a mentality of, like, I should be a doctor, I should go be a lawyer go yeah I,
0: I i wanted to be like a stockbroker at one point, like I was good with numbers um you know i i used to follow like Wall Street journal and shit like like i was i used to read yeah no <laughs> <laughs> nah, i was i I loved school i love I still love educating myself and learning new shit, yeah,
1: you know? and out of curiosity, well, this is for later, but like how
0: heavy were you at that point? so I was not that heavy at that point I got heavy because my um, my ex-wife got pregnant and then I basically got pregnant too yeah. <laughs> that's so what I, happens bro yeah I ate fucking we and and then I was just making so much money right that I was just like sitting in the car not doing shit
1: and then at this point like what percentage of the money is going back into getting new product and like reinvesting and then what percentage is going to like lifestyle and
0: that kind of thing <sighs> uh, all the percentage went to lifestyle oh really (laughs) and like no i mean like a lot of it because we just like uh, i mean i saved money and shit like that but it was not like a significant amount where i was like damn i should have had a couple hundred yeah are you like like, taking trips and stuff we're doing stupid shit puerto rico and and i was on parole so i was like i I really couldn't leave the country but i was leaving to like you know technically another state you know right And, and they were not the the thing the trick was like don't go to another country with a passport because you're gonna get caught but yeah. you could go to like Puerto
1: Rico Puerto works. Rico you're good yeah go and, to you know, Guam yeah. hit Hawaii yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so we would do that a lot and then we'd do uh like like snowmobile trips we got obsessed with like we you know we're from the hood we never really fucking rode a snowmobile yeah wait I, where,
1: where'd you go snowmobiling
0: uh like Vermont upstate yeah. like by uh, so <laughs> we uh. I remember going to like Vermont and like we snowmobile like once before. And when we went hit the trails over there and we rented these snowmobiles, it was like a tour and we're like, yo, this shit is fucking whack, blah blah yeah, blah. My gotta, boy got frustrated. So like, I want a rail ride. We know how to fucking ride. We know how to do this shit. And like we had like one experience before and like, <laughs> like and and uh and so he, the guy was like, Oh, really? You guys wanna and like the dude was look like you like yeah, long fucking yeah, hair yeah, like yeah. straight like <laughs> yeah. woodstocky look yeah, you know? yeah and so like, we go to the fucking trails and we're like fucking this. he's like boom boom like we're zigzagging down the fucking mountain yeah, deep snow like yeah, ripping it crazy and so my fucking thing flipped like flipped over me and i landed in the like we were going down a hill like this and and ship flipped over me and I just saw the fucking whole thing and it fucking broke. And I'm like, fuck, I'd pay for that. No, not a lot, I'd pay for like four grand for that snowmobile to be fixed.
1: I mean, not a lot, but I'm like. like <laughs> yeah, a lot, yeah. <laughs> From a poor Dominican kid living yeah. in the Lower East Side, all of a sudden yeah. like four grand for a snowmobile, all right. But
0: we were making money.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And so at that point, like, is that like the height of it? Uh, around that time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, are you selling to like Wall Street dudes? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. everyone's hitting you up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, stockbrokers all the time. Like, we were going straight to the New York Stock Exchange outside waiting for them to come out. Really? Get in the car. We're driving up the block. Here's your bags.
1: Whoa. Yeah. I mean, you're probably dealing with, like, now probably guys that are, like, CEOs of banks and shit.
0: Absolutely. Banks, uh, judges, lawyers, doctors. Really? I remember this guy fucking so coked up, like, he called us all night, and he was throwing like a coke party in his house on uh, 9th Street. He was a neurosurgeon. Uh, he was a, uh, a like a brain surgeon, brain surgeon. And so it, it was like seven in the morning. He's like, "I, you got to come back because uh, I need more. I got to go to work. I got to do the surgery." And I fucking had to hold him down because he he wanted to go to fucking work. To, I'm like, yo, bro, you're not fucking, you're not, <laughs> you're not. And like his friends were there, like we all holding him down. And I was like, yo, but you called me, so you got to pay for this shit. <laughs> like I it's sold it to visit, them. And man. like, I but was like, yo, everybody work. fucking like hold this motherfucker down. And bro. Yeah.
1: So wait, what happened with Paris Hilton bought from you?
0: So Paris, um, so Natasha Lyon, um, I actually came out in the newspaper I think the New York Post so she got caught like uh, by her roommates you know like doing a whole bunch of drugs like she was like I turned her out to doing heroin uh, um, because I would bring her to uh, the crack houses I told her how to cook crack and I I strung her out and um, but she had this nice beautiful brownstone on 18th Street uh, right in front of the park between 1st and 2nd and um, and her her uh, roommates um, was snitched on her, and so like there was like this this kid always coming in and out and serving her drugs, and so they didn't know my name, but they knew that I was going in there but anyway. Natasha Line was like a crazy like crazy client of mine, like she was like always hitting me up almost every day. There was times where like I would walk. I remember walking with my mom one time and I'm smoking a cigarette and she's like waiting for me in the corner and I'm coming out of my mom's building and she grabs my leg, cause I was like, yo, get the fuck away with like I'm with my mom yeah, right, now. Family right now. And she grabs my leg and she starts begging me like, please, please, just another one, please. And I'm like trying to kick her off my fucking leg. I'm like, this is like 12 in the afternoon, a broad daylight, and uh, my mom like, felt embarrassed and went into the bodega and like, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is you doing? Get the fuck out of here. And, I was, and then I, I gave her her work and I'm like, yo, don't fucking ever do that shit again. Anyway, she calls, uh, she used to call all the time and then she had Paris Hilton was a friend. And so she brings uh, Paris to the block and, and this is like my friends, we were hanging out in 45 Allen in the project building there. And um, she calls us down and I had about 20 bags of Coke and she bought all of it. Yeah. Was, was, she,
1: was she cool when she came through? I should
0: have sold it for more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was still not uh, increasing my profit margins at that time. Right, And I was like, I got 20s. And she was like, how much, how many? And I was like, I got 20 bags of 20. And she was like, let me get all of them. 400 bag. Bucks. Whoa.
1: And she's probably hella famous at this point. That's probably like the height of her. Yeah, life. that was when
0: she uh, got locked up and all that shit. Uh, uh, what's that? No, The other famous lady that got locked up too. She did the movie. Lindsay Lohan? Lindsay Lohan. So nice. Lindsay Lohan touched my shit too.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. It's Like through that connect.
0: Uh, No, that was another thing. She was, this when the Bowery Hotel opened up, they were doing a party in the Bowery Hotel and I got a call from one of my clients. They told me to go to the rooftop and and she was there and and he made the sale and she was like, hi, and he passed her the drugs. And And that was it? it. Whoa. Uh, Robert De Niro. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? Yeah, crazy times. Man. Wait, he he hit you up or like one of his people was like come uh, through to this his, hotel. My this was when I was like semi like working for somebody. And like he referred me. He was like, yo, go go see this guy. He's at the roof. Did um, you know who it was? No. So you show up. Yeah. And all
1: of a sudden you just see Robert De Niro sitting there.
0: Yeah. With <laughs> a whole bunch of people. They're and you're all, like they were all it, partying. Did you hang? Nah, I was just like cop and go. I like these people are like dressed in like in tuxedos and shit like that, like very nice. And I'm right. like, rocking this shit, you know? <laughs> you like, Jordan, with a, like with Like what a triple X yeah. t shirt that's down to my fucking yeah. It's like fitted and exactly. tall. Tee, and you're like, yo, I don't fit.
1: Yeah, oh that's wild. And so, are do you getting nervous at all when you're dealing with these kinds of people, or is it just business? You're like head down, boom. Did you care? Like,
0: like it was like cop and go up yeah. and go like I I gotta get to the next person gotta get to the right. next person
1: and so the customer service is crazy and the product is pure uncut mm-hmm. so everyone's fucking with it everyone's yeah. like yeah this is great yeah. I mean that's wild and then at that point you're probably up to like is that when you're doing like two mil a year three yeah. mil yeah. crazy and just taking trips snowmobiling yeah. Puerto Rico yeah. beach the whole yeah. thing and then on the block and then back to it Yeah. It's and then crazy. how did you get jammed up
0: from that so when when the operation was running smoothly my 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 partner actually got got locked up and um was doing a year in prison so I was handling everything mm. um and and so is this no right? actually this is before this is before then but like so my my uh we had a dispatcher the dispatcher was uh we set him up with a nice fucking condo on the Upper West Side. Um, had a, We set him up with a nice brand new uh, vehicle. And um, he was all set. All he had to do was just fucking... We paid him a salary. You know, all he had to do was just pick up the phones and send people over. That was it, you know. But the drivers were coming in, picking up the work from him. He was giving it to them and he was doing that. So anyway, he started another number behind our back. So his boy, his cousin, that was one of our drivers, uh, that we really didn't know like that, but we trusted him. So we were like, all right, whatever, he was a driver. So anyway, he was doing, uh, He he made different business cards and was giving out the clientele that was calling us to them. And at that time, shit was getting a little bit slow and it was weird. Um, so they're giving, you know, putting the stuff out there and, um, and then I get a call from one of my clients that had my personal number, Dominic, and, uh, he lived on Hester and he was like, yo, this shit is trash. Like these new blue bags. I don't know what the fuck you're doing with this, but I'm like, what are you talking about? Blue bag? And he was like, yeah, the guy with the green Jeep, you know, he dropped it off and, and he gave me a new number, you know, and I was like, what? Let me get that number. So I called, and this motherfucker picks up, and then he hungs up, and then I, I'm i like, yo, we went over there to try to, like, confront him. I disappeared with a lot of work. Like, I think it was maybe 300 grams of coke disappeared, money, money, um, and disappeared with the phones. And so we we're like, yo, we got to get these fucking phones back. So we went back. We went to... We had a T-Mobile, like, prepaid connect. And we went over there and we're like, yo, our phone numbers, we need no phone. So we got all the numbers. And then we took that phone that he was using to uh, attract the, our clients. Uh, and we... And that phone was the one that was fucking being tapped. Because his cousin gave one of the cards to undercover DEA agent or some shit. And so now... We're not thinking. We're just continuing business as normal. I'm doing all the dispatching, and um, and we we send probably about forty sales uh, to you know these these people, um, and they had forty documented undercover sales. They said I made a sale. I never made a sale in my life mm. to undercover. They, uh, I was in the car, and and one of my guys was like, "Yo, can you pick me up and drop me off here?" And I was driving, and I was like, "I right, pick you up and come see this person." He served them, and my boy never got locked up. He got away with it. Whoa. Yeah, he got lucky. But-
1: so how do the phones get <clears> tapped? So like, basically, you give a card to an undercover, he then gets the number.
0: Yeah, and they're calling that number,
1: and then they're able to go through the back end and like. Get access to somehow. Yeah, I'm not. Through some government
0: shit. IT support. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then now he's able to listen on all the calls, and then you're getting pushed work from those
0: numbers, and then they're able to, to track it. Fuck. And so the day I got caught, um I had about 10 drivers out, and I'm sending all the drivers with my next cell, and then my next cell was getting like this technical, like, like it was just not not going through and, and when it went through it went you know and you got to talk but it was not going through it was getting and so i'm sending all my drivers to the destinations and every driver i'm sending is like getting fucked up and i'm thinking it's like a, a next issue like the right, phone so is a service up. issue or something so i had about 40 people in the queue to be delivered and like, my phones are blowing up, blowing up. And I'm like, fuck, I gotta go see all these people. Like, what's going? number on? one thing I hate, bad customer yeah. service. <laughs> so I fucking drive 100 miles per hour up to the stash house. Uh, I get up there, I grab 100 bags of Coke. And then I, I fucking, uh, I went to go. First of all, uh, I, I went over there on my, Home girl, my partner's girlfriend at the time, like she comes and drops off like five pounds of weed, like straight sour and uh, she was in a Cadillac, I was in the BMW M3 um, and she was in the Escalade and so we come out of the house and this white guy stops me and is like, pulls out a badge and he's like, this is Detective Joseph King DA agent, your shit is done. I'm like what? He was like, You call Smarty. I'm like, What? Get the fuck out. So I turned around, and I tried to like leave and they just threw me on top of the hood of the car and um and then they took her and like went in the in, in the escalate and um smell smelled like sour Diesel at that time was Diesel? Like now we can't find that sour Diesel anymore. Oh you know? really? Yeah, you can't get that original strong, crazy Sour Diesel smell that was like super loud. Mm. And the whole car stank, but they flipped the whole shit and they let her go. They let really? her go, yeah, they let her go.
1: And how much did she have
0: on her? Nothing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, nothing. She was just coming to do the drop off of the weed, but the pounds were upstairs. And so um, uh, they cuffed me up and they were like, we got a warrant. And they were like, we want, we're gonna go upstairs, tell us where all the shit is at. So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you talking about. At that moment, they didn't find any drugs on me. My phones are fucking blowing up. And they were like, You guys fucking seven cell phones. Like, (laughs) they don't stop ringing. And they just thought it was one phone. And so they brought me up and they was like, Where's the stuff at? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was like, Come on, though. We're not stupid. They walked directly to the fucking box. I had maybe uh, a few dozen boxes of Jordans at that time, at that, and that. Uh, stash house and one Jordan box had a uh, kilo and a half already bagged up, and they were like, "We know everything, bingo." And I was like, "Only two or three other people knew what, about that stash, like knew where that shit was at, you know, because yeah. not every driver had access to the spot, of course." And so I started already speculating, like, "Who the fuck told?" You know, and it was, um, yeah, somebody told. Mm -hmm.
1: and so that some of the drivers got they all got jammed up that's why the the numbers weren't working and everything started
0: going down. yeah and and i found out when i went into the precinct and uh i went into the precinct they started like clapping and like we got them we got them we got them and then i walked down the cell so this is uh precinct psa4 on avenue c and i walked there and there's like multiple cells on one corridor and i'm just seeing like all my drivers I was like they walked me down the fucking
1: <laughs> fuck and what are you thinking as you're walking down the hallway and you're like damn they I know where like, the shit is
0: someone snitched and all my people are in here yeah I was like fuck man I was like yo I told people I was screaming I was like yo don't say shit don't say shit cause they would bring people for interrogation one at a time but there was another guy that was in the uh, female cell. So there's a female side and a men's side. The men's side is bigger. And the female side, they had a, a cell outside, and and I look at him and he's like, and um, I just found it a little bit sketchy, and he's the one that told, mm, not and, making eye contact <clears throat> and shit. Like, um, he was just like, "Damn, it's done. It's done." I'm like, like what? And whatever. I'm I'm in there. I'm sitting there, um, they, I, I, they get me cigarettes, I'm smoking a cigarette, I'm stressed the fuck out. My boys are just screaming outside the cell and they come back and uh, they took my possessions but they brought me back my wallet and my wallet, I had a picture of my son and I had 10 pieces of acid. And so I fucking, uh, I, I tell, we used to call it funny papers. And that was like a code word. And um. And I, I told, like, a lot of my drivers, like, we we used to trip out, too. And I was like, yo, they gave me back the fucking funny papers, bro. They was like, yo, pass me one, pass <laughs> me one. I was like, nah, fuck that shit. So I type all 10 pieces of acid. I had a whole strip. and All 10? All 10. All fucking 10 pieces of acid, A whole strip. And so that shit kicked in about an hour later. And then that's when they called me to the interrogation room. And I got a fucking smile on my face. I'm fucking tripping balls. And I'm laughing and they were like, uh, they started asking me like, where did I get all my stuff? Like, you know, just give somebody up. And I'm like, fuck you, I don't give a fuck. I'm laughing. I was like, they were like, you know, you're facing life. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Give me 25, I don't care. You know, do whatever the fuck you want, blah, blah, blah. The district attorney is there. The fucking, there's like 10 DA agents trying to put pressure on me. And I was like, you fucking idiots gave me 10 pieces of acid right now. I was in my fucking wallet, dumbasses. I'm fucked up right now. That's when they just threw me back in my cell. <laughs> but when I get to see the judge, the judge is like, yeah, so we're here. Uh, you're on a little bit of LSD. And I'm like, <laughs> you know? and and uh, the DA was like, we're pressing kingpin charges uh you know this guy's multi-million dollar drug dealer blah 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 all this shit and you know bro and you're just
1: zooted you're like finishing out your fucking trip in the cell just looking at the ceiling i was tripping, I was tripping for the like whole 20, sky opens yeah, 24 up 24 hours the judge
0: was Jesus
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry God I'm sorry God bro that's wild yeah I mean that's insane were you like hallucinating crazy in the cell no like, I,
0: I mean I, I, I was taking acid a lot at that time yeah. I was probably taking acid every like three days yeah um, and I was taking like two or three pieces of acid but oh whoa that was Seen colors, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. They're like, did, how did you why did you start doing acid? Like, it was just around, and you were like, Oh, this is cool.
0: Uh, I took acid for the first time when I was young, um, like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had a mess, they used to have these mess tabs, and so I took that. And then, um, I think I was like 17, uh, my boy started getting them again, and I started just popping it once yeah. in a while, nothing crazy, just for fun. And then my partner got into it, and uh, he was like, you never did that before. I was like, yeah, I have, like, like, let me get that, you know? And so we started tripping all the time. Um, That was our shit. You ever do like shrooms? Yeah, but we wanted to go See,
1: outer space. Yeah. Yeah. was <laughs> wild. I've never done acid. I'm, I'm like I'm curious. It's the best thing. Yeah, I'm curious about it, but it seems intense. I have a piece up. on me right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Bro, imagine in the middle of the pod it's <laughs> like yeah. pff, I'm in your brain. I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm in prison right now.
0: Yeah, I, I have, you know, if you need it.
1: Yeah, so you still fuck around with with stuff like that just for fun?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just be
1: like do you like go to concerts and shit? Like do you like the party like that? I, I
0: like, like, like uh yeah, I, I like going to concerts with my my wife, but I don't really go. I I, I would love to do like like a, ayahuasca trip, like oh yeah, shit like that. Like my wife is Peruvian and she's never done it, and she's like, I'm she's scared of that shit. But I'm mm. like, um,
1: you never would, tried it? No. Oh, interesting. You
0: know, I've like done DMT, LSD, trumps. How's was DMT? DMT was crazy. Like that shit was crazy. Uh, it was it's like a short 30 40 minute high but like everything is like animated Mm. like like the build so i did it in my boy i did it with my boy like on 34th street he was staying in the new york hotel and and i go outside and like all the fucking buildings are like animated cartoon shit like 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 like, it was like a comic book whoa that's wild and you're just walking around and i'm like I was scared I was I'm not gonna he's probably gonna laugh at me but, <laughs> uh, yeah I was a little bit nervous yeah of course that's that's why I'm like
1: I wouldn't do it because I was be afraid like I sometimes if I smoke I'll get anxious if I'm not in the right setting yeah like I told yeah. a story before but like I went to Burning Man yeah which you should go to that shit bro yeah. honestly like do acid at Burning Man that shit is crazy but I did uh I smoked at burning man and i was fucking dwight howard was with me and i wasn't even with him he just walked up next to me and i was like what's all dude and then he fucking passes me this joint and i was like i grew up in orlando so i'm like this man (laughs) that's superman bro like that's my superman so i was like oh fuck so i literally grabbed the joint from him and i was like (sighs) And then immediately I was like, oh, fuck, he hates me. (laughs) And this immediately got anxious and I was like, thanks, bro. And I'm like looking at him and like seeing if he's looking at me. And like, I just like him so in my head. I'm like, I got to go to sleep. And I just left. But like, it fucked my whole shit up. Yeah. But like, so I'm afraid if I were to do acid, I would get in there and be like, no,
0: acid makes you laugh hysterically. So, you know, like, e pills and Molly gives you like jaw lock. Yeah, yeah. Acid gives you smile lock. Uh... So you're like,
1: it <laughs> just you can never stop
0: smiling. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? watch like funny
1: movies and shit on acid. Oh, I love like comedy, like all that shit. <laughs> what like, was your go-to?
0: Yeah. What was like the movie watch acid? You're like, Brew. uh, so there was like eighty Eddie Murphy stand-up comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. like that. Bro, that, wrote that Delirious. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the, the red, red suit. Yeah, red suit. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was something that we uh, watched a lot. Bro, that's and a that, crazy special. Like, like on DVD too. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah bro you watch that shit now and you're like i cannot believe he was able to say all this yeah, like it's yeah, crazy yeah bro that opening joke where he walks around and he's like stop looking at my ass you know, that's <laughs> insane you're like and he's like 22 in that
0: that's uh, the craziest uh, Richard thing Pryor too. oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. Oh, bro. We, we used to watch fucking chinese flicks a lot too oh like kung fu movies like, yeah hell yeah and that was funny to us
1: yeah really <laughs> yeah you ever watch like it's not really a kung fu movie but like shaolin soccer you ever see that one nah. it's literally a kung fu movie but they all play soccer and so like they play in the game and like everyone's just like karate chopping bicycle kick kick the ball into the goal that's like the whole movie That's crazy. and I feel like if you pop acid watch that you're like bro this is the best movie yeah. i ever seen <laughs> oh that's wild man yeah. so literally you're just like finishing out this trip in the cell and you're like kind of coming down and then what happens when you come down and you're like bro I just wanted an interrogation like off my ass
0: well I didn't come down in that cell like I came down and like three other cells after <laughs> three like, days later it, you know it was like enough, it was like after so that you're you're being held in in the bookings for like two days mm-hmm. you know going from cell to cell and it's like a whole fucking process to get you into your main jail cell uh so when i got to that main jail cell that's when i like calmed down mm-hmm. and i was just like there by myself and i don't know i was just like I don't know I, I, for me it was like whatever you yeah. know like I, I started this shit I'm in it this you know game. this is part of the lifestyle that and how I old do you at that point point? 23
1: got you so you were making like crazy money probably from like 17 18 to 23 like real yeah, money ni-
0: 19 was like 19 was the like millions peak yeah when crazy
1: and then you got to go to sentencing <laughs> and I'm curious like even before you got jammed up like did your mom like she sees like this girl grabbing your leg, she sees like the car, she sees
0: the trips, like what does she think? Is she just like she's so uh, be uh, praying for me and you know just yeah. say like you know she didn't want me in that lifestyle. But she, she knew about it. Yeah, I mean it was obvious. Yeah, I was I was you know splurging and she would see me in the street all the time and I'm not I'm not living with her anymore. You right, know? you got
1: a nice place somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But you're also probably helping her out.
1: Like you're supporting the whole family and stuff.
0: No, not really. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They like they they were good. Uh well, I know I tried, like I've given my mom and she's like, No, I don't want that. Like, oh really? She's like totally against it. Interesting. And at this same point, like your younger brother But that- I used to like give my brother money, I used to give my little cousins money, I used to give like that family money, but like yeah, not my mom didn't want. It yeah to touch any of it like she'd rather die broke that's principled yeah
1: that's cool of her that she was just like not for me i'm Mm -hmm. not getting involved Mm -hmm. that's wild and then you like are helping out your your siblings and stuff and your brother at this point if he's like you know in politics now like he was probably college like the whole thing
0: he did college while i was locked up Mm. Yeah, but he was like
1: a good student, like focused. Yeah, the whole he deal.
0: studied in China, learned Chinese. Oh, really? Like did uh, the learned how to program. cook crack over there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that same Chinese yeah. kid.
0: And uh, he would send me postcards. You know, when I was locked up. Oh, crazy! Yeah. That's so a wild, saying,
1: like double life. It must yeah. be weird for your mom. Be like, all right, one of my kids was like a millionaire, then got locked up. I know
0: my two sisters became very successful. Like,
1: i mean y'all are like you guys are yeah. all smart like you guys are all like super they,
0: they were smarter i was just i just didn't want to waste my time with that
1: that's my thing though you're still smart and you're just like yo what's the best margin yeah what's like the best product like what's gonna get me to my lifestyle yeah, fastest that was,
0: that was just my life you did not want to my, waste
1: time that was my mentality yeah and you see this opportunity and this gap in the market you're like i could do deliveries to white people with money fucking celebrities and my life is good yeah and go on trips and the whole yeah. deal
0: And still live the same, better lifestyle than that, than graduating from college. Yeah, exactly. Fucking job.
1: Yeah, and then, and you're just like, I'm not going to get caught. And if I do, like, I'll just deal with it or try to get out of it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then you eventually get sentenced. And the judge, at that point, like, what is the deliberation? And, like, how much
0: time were they talking about giving? So, it first started, like, try to scare me with, like, life, you know, and... Uh, that they, they dropped it down from A-1 felony, uh, from a kingpin to A-1 felony. Mm. Um, because a kingpin, you had to get caught selling a half a kilo to a direct officer. Uh, they, they We were only selling, incre- we knew the law too, like we, we knew that we shouldn't be carrying a certain amount. Oh, interesting. We would have all our drivers with a certain amount of coke because if they got caught, they would only be sentenced to a certain mm. amount of time. Um, so we mitigated our risk. Yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hedged it. Yeah, and so um, they couldn't stick the kingpin charges on me. They they charged me with an A1. Um, I pleaded guilty to A2. Um, but first they were, so they, my lawyer was like, the, the minimum drug sentence for the A1 was 12 years. Uh, and so I was ready to take 12 years my, my lawyer was like this is the best thing we could do blah 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 for the situation this is your third strike you know this is what you're gonna get and i'm like all right whatever i'm gonna do 12. and um and so i go back to i'm going back and forth to court and there's news about uh there's like rumors in the prison uh governor spitzer at the time like cheating on his wife with the ex-prostitute right. with the prostitute and all the shit and he got impeached, and then uh, there was like newspapers that we were reading, and like that they were going to reform the Rockefeller laws, and so Governor Patterson reformed the Rockefeller laws. And can you as, explain what
1: that is, the Rockefeller laws?
0: So it was drug mandatory sentencing laws. So if you met, if you got caught with a certain amount, you got you had to be in this this uh, guideline. So from what I got caught with, it was uh, twelve to twenty four years. So the judge could have said. You know, do 20 years. But usually, like, if you blew trial uh, and you took it all the way to trial, you know, you're gonna get almost the max or max, mm-hmm. you know, and you're gonna get above 20. I knew I was fucking guilty, so I was like, I just need to plead out to something and get the best deal I could get. And so the best thing I could get was 12 years. And so um, that was the mandatory uh, yeah, of it's sentence, a bare minimum. Bare minimum. Of, yeah. And um going back and forth to court and dealing with this change of politics, like I got seven years. And um my family or my brother, and my dad was in the in the back of the courtroom and I look at them and I say, What's up? And um and I turn around and the DA says, We're gonna change our offer, we're gonna offer him seven years and my lawyer looks at me and he's like I better fucking take that shit. I'm like, guilty. <laughs>
1: yeah, guilt me. Yeah, yeah, I did it. And I'm I like, it. smiling. Yeah, you're on acid again. You're yeah, like, yeah. Here I, I was am. like,
0: fucking tripping, like I'm living in a dream. <laughs> yeah. and, and and my family's like, seven years. Yeah. They, they, didn't, they didn't know that I had minimums and all the right. shit. So they they're probably like, like, oh, fuck, that's a lot of fun. Seven years time. is a lot of fun. But you're over here being
1: like, yo, I just got five years back. I'll yeah, be out by when I'm 30. Seven like,
0: years. Yeah. And then, so seven years out of seven years, they got to do six mandatory. And then, um, then they came up with, while well, I was incarcerated, they they allowed individuals to take the shock program. Uh, so the shock program is like ex-Marines turn correctional officers, and they beat the crap out of you for uh, six months, and you save three years from your prison time. Mm. I did shock uh, my first time I went up to prison, in uh, adult state prison, and I got a year for that. It'd be, well, I, I did a year because I, I got sentenced to three years, but I, got, I ended up doing a year because I spent time at Rikers Then I did that six-month program and then I came home. Mm. And you were only allowed one, to do that one time ever in your life. Uh, and when I went in the second, this third time, well, four or five, it was my ninth time, but technically, but I, when I went in, uh, they allowed it, they opened up the, the opportunity for you to take it two or three times. And so... I got lucky and I got to do shock again and that's why I left in four years Uh, and then
1: by the time you're getting put in for that last time yeah the doctor in the prison tells you like bro you're too fat (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like basically what he said right
0: well when you get into prison like you you go over there they line you up They you're, you're going from Rikers Island to state prison mm. and this is not like Rikers Island there's like a lot of black Latino officers white officers there's like a mix of officers but when you get upstate that shit is fucking redneck yeah, it's you just know, country. This, I mean, like Ku Klux Klan shit. Like, oh, really? Yeah, like you'll see swastika signs on the CEO's fucking arm oh, tattooed, shit. you know, like real racist shit. Yeah. And so, like, you go up there and they are calling they're like, you fucking nigger, spick, all this shit. Like, like calling me that, calling everybody that. Damn. Because we're all black and there's no white people that are going up from Rikers Island. Right. And they'd be like, this is not fucking Rikers Island, you fucking little spick, blah, blah, blah. And they'll. Smack somebody in the head and shit like that, and then they'll strip you. Get stripped naked. You go into the shower. They give you this fucking liquid. You rub this shit down your body. You get cleaned up. They give you a uniform. Then they line you up and you go into a medical unit. And so when you get to the medical unit, they uh, they draw on all types of blood. They do like a TB shot, mm-hmm. you know. And so you go through that whole process. And um, about two weeks later after going through that intake process, they called me down to the medical unit and they were like, yo, you know, um, and it was me and this older man, he was like 75. And uh, and they sit me down and then they, they he gets called in and he comes back and we're sitting in the bench talking to each other. He's like, so what they said, I was like, yo, my cholesterol levels high. And I was like, oh shit, they told me the same shit and they placed us on medication. They said my cholesterol levels were through the roof. That if I didn't eat correctly or exercise, that I could probably die of a heart attack within five years. Fuck. I was only twenty four at that time, and how much did you weigh? I was only two thirty one, mm. but I think you know the lifestyle that I was living was extremely bad. I was yeah smoking so much. I was drinking. I was eating yeah. fried food. What was the go to food though? Uh, like, I was there's uh, this Dominican sandwiches in uptown called Chimis yeah I don't know if you know about a Chimis but it's nah. like coleslaw hamburger like extra it's like a better than a mac sauce yeah and so you just take a bite and it just drips and then you have like you don't have like french fries you have sweet um, sweet potato fried sweet potato but as in, in Spanish is batata yeah so you know so chimy with fucking fried batata, you know. Bro,
1: so you would smoke. You're sitting in the car, with, like with, a fucking, with runners, with a Corona, Corona chimy, <laughs> and then just snacking all day. Just like, well, what's the go to snack? What's the best bodega snack?
0: Best bodega snack. I mean, it, you know, straight, like just thinking about it, and the first thing that comes to my head is like a like an, an empanada, like you know, like meat, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. fried, defried, yeah. you know. Um, but we when I was in the corner and I was in the LES and Broomer Eldridge and they still have these little fucking White Castle in the plastic bag because there was no White Castle in my head We yeah. would have to go to Brooklyn or we have to go East Harlem yeah. to go to fucking White Castle. So we were like put White Castle and get like Mama was the lady that she's like a hundred years old still working the register. Whoa, uh, she's iconic over there. But like. Do you you, you woke get her to add like extra cheese and that shit was fucking the banging, best banging. bro
1: so you were just put down hella chimmies and White Castle just all day yeah and you were just racking up and yeah. did you
0: feel like before you went to prison like did you feel heavy like did you feel bad like healthy wise <clears throat> I started getting stretch marks mm. like so I got like stretch marks on my side and my stomach here yeah. and like my friends used to be like, Yo, you got fucking stretch marks, you fat. Fuck. And, you know, and I'm like in a beach. I didn't even notice until they told yeah. me. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know? Right. But Elon, you're living good. Elon, Elon Musk is fat. That means I made it. <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. No one looks at him. Yeah.
1: You know I mean? He doesn't get any shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yo, that's wild. So your boys are just clowning you. Yeah, And you're just like, oh fuck yeah. I guess I am a little. Yeah, but, but who gives a fuck though? Like you yeah, got, and, you got and, girls. And, you got like money. You got whatever. And like, I'm not
0: going to the. I'm not getting checked up. Who's you know you you when you're in the street and you're hanging out, you're not gonna go see a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and
1: fine. your life is good anyway. Like yeah. you don't like you don't need to like be in shape to get girls. But you, I was anything. I was
0: yeah I would definitely didn't need need. To get in shape to get girls, like at that time, I was just spending a lot of money on girls, like yeah. just giving it away. But anyway, like I was sitting in a, I, I was sitting in a BMW M3 like all day, all night, and I literally didn't waste my time trying to find parking or. Didn't go to parking. I, I was not walking from the parking lot to my apartment. Mm. I was literally leaving it double parked outside. <laughs> I would face the ticket. I yeah. might, I might have paid like the the city, maybe like thirty, forty thousand dollars in tickets in my lifetime, bro. Just from just sixty five bucks at a time. Yeah, just, just like I like, will leave it double parked. This take week. it. Yeah, bro. And sometimes it'll, it'll get told, and then that's when I have to walk. Yeah, yeah. And then heaven
1: forbid you gotta walk. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, But you didn't live a, in a walk up. You had an me, elevator yeah, building. Get, you had me, a get me a
0: wheelchair. I lived in the first floor, <laughs> and I, it was actually a walk up. Oh, at the time.
1: But you were good though, like yeah. in terms of like lifestyle. So yeah. you're like, yeah, fuck it. I don't, I don't need, I don't yeah. need to be healthy. Yeah. And then you go to prison. He tells you, yo, you gotta, you gotta figure this out.
0: Yeah, no. they so the doc it was. Uh, I just I don't know if she was a doctor, maybe a physician, whatever. But she she said like, what I recommend is to get on a special diet, medication, and exercise. And obviously, you don't get the best food in prison. So what they did was like, if you on the cafeteria line, and this is like intake process. So you don't really get to order commissary right away until like another thirty days. But while I was there. I'm standing on the line, and um, and I get to my meal, and they say, oh, you got special diet. So they give me, like, one piece of fucking wheat bread and, like, meat. That's not a and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely not a fucking yeah. uh And I, I just, like, really started contemplating about, like, exercising. Like, I, I knew how to work out, you know, and just went out to the yard, and um, I looked like a fool, like... I was the only person running out there, and I, I first started jogging, and then I, I couldn't jog too much. I started walking, and um, <clears throat> running, jogging, running, walking, you know. And just did, literally around the yard. Just did that for two hours a day, uh, and then I started wearing a fucking garbage bag over me uh, so I could sweat, so I was, I had like a sweatsuit on, and I'll put my fucking uh, my hoodie over that, my jacket over that, and I'm just fucking running. And Latino running and Rocky, just bro. Just fucking just sweating, sweating. <laughs> and just and just going back to my cell and doing push-ups and dips and Whoa. all types of calisthenic exercises. And it was uh, until like after I lost all the weight, uh, one one gentleman, his name was Bus, he came up to me. I, I was smoking cigarettes still upstate. And so like he comes up to me, he's like, yo, give me a bus down. I gave him a half my cigarette. We started talking. And uh, he's like, yo and um, bus was like ready to die he was like 320 like my height you know it was bad like horrible shape. you know and uh and and he's like yo i want to start running with you and i was like all right let's, let's come let's run so i didn't think i was like i'm not gonna i'm just gonna run with him so we ran and two of his other friends came out and then one of my other friends came out and then at one point we had like yeah, I helped over twenty inmates who was over a thousand pounds combined.
1: Yeah, it's insane.
0: So I started like this whole workout thing in the yard, just leading workouts or I'm following somebody's workout and it was just camaraderie builder.
1: And they left you alone, like the other inmates, like they didn't fuck with you?
0: Well, when I was like running, people used to call me like fat force gump in the beginning <laughs> and like make fun of me and it was usually like the the solitary confinement units was facing the, the prison yard. So you'll hear like all we used to call them cell gangsters. Cause like when they come out of their cells and they meet you face to face, they're not going to talk shit, but mm. they could scream out of a fucking cell and be a gangster, you know? Right. And so I used to like run and just like fucking give them the middle finger. Back. That's probably good motivation, low key. Yeah, it was. It was actually. The, the more <laughs> shit they would talk, you're like, all right, fuck But you, some of it was like hilarious and I usually just be like running and just fucking laughing. <laughs> Die laughing. They would just go on for hours. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, And they probably had good burns
1: too. Like yeah. they, all they got is time just to Yo, be fucking writing down the, disses. The
0: best comedians are in yeah, the system. Bro.
1: That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you just getting ripped. Yeah. And, like, as far as your time in prison, like, when you first got there, were you, like, in a car? Did you know, like, your people that you had to kind of, like, link with? Did you, like, how did you assimilate into the, the system? Uh,
0: I knew I had friends that were in there, in the yeah. same cell blocks, same, like, friends that were from my block, yeah. like, literally, like, Marco's, Glenn. Uh, Glenn was in the Vice documentary, and yeah, yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. I, he used to see me every morning walking fucking to go to work. And he used to be like, oh, you still fucking out here running. And I, I, I'm, I'm talking about like upstate, like central New York, fucking three feet of snow. And I'm out there. Whoa. And I'm why why did you stay motivated? Like all
1: this time, like, did you feel like you were just channeling all of your energy and like, like was, hustle
0: mentality into fitness? Because that's all you could control? Uh, Yeah, it was a, a lot of like, I'm not, I'm. Uh, my mentality was like, I'm always going to try to progress. I'm mm-hmm. always going to try to progress. I have the time to progress my body, my mind, like read books and exercise, read book and exercise. What kind of stuff were you reading? I read, I read I, pattern, uh, fiction, nonfiction, Patterson books, uh, uh, Stephen King books, and you just uh, been Tom, to- uh, I forgot the names, um, but I've read a lot. Yeah. And I I wrote philosophy books, uh psychology books. Did you do like any classes
1: and stuff while you were there?
0: So so I was uh I went over there and they had a college program. But there was only uh maybe like twenty people in the college program and the waiting list was like two years. Mm-hmm. So after like two years I got into the college program. Uh, and then I, I did the college program for like a year. And then I got transferred over. Got you. And then what jobs did you have while you were in there? Cleaning, janitorial. I did um, like clean cemeteries. Um, you know, cutting down trees, fixing the roads. Oh, crazy! They had you like out there. Yeah, yeah, like straight slave work, you uh, That's insane. That Thirteenth yeah. Amendment shit. they like, yeah, yeah, no, it's real. They, they got to make you my, do it. My hat, the Thirteenth. So the B logo. It's oh, like that's fire. The 13th. You Yo, know, that's and so clever. we, 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 I really went in on fucking branding. But you've always and been just... in branding, bro. You've had <laughs>
1: Superman bags and happy yeah. ending bags. Like, you, I feel like you're always looking at the brand. Like, yeah, it's, I, it's solid. Yeah. And so they just have you out there just fucking doing yeah, labor. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: What, with what a, what a guard, with a gun, and they're just watching you work. Crazy. You know, you do your work detail.
1: Was it demoralizing, or were you kind of like, oh, I can kind of keep moving and like do something?
0: Uh, it was, uh, no, it was good. You know, it it is, but you're like, you're not seeing the world. So like, when you could go on a worksite, right? And you're like, you might see a girl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. drive by in a fucking car. And I'm gonna like, remember that for the next three weeks. I saw a fucking nipple, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo I, caught, yeah. I caught cleavage yeah, a little. Yeah, like that's hilarious. That's, that's like, that's, yeah, you're out of nature
1: at least. Like you're yeah. not around all these fucking inmates. Like you got to be out a little bit, bro. No woman for a long time. Yeah, that's rough. That's just hard, bro. Especially going from the lifestyle, Yeah, which I'm sure was yeah. great, yeah. and then all of a sudden, yeah. locked up. Yeah. And did you ever, did you get visits and stuff? Like, were people who yeah, yeah, yeah. visit?
0: Yeah, my, my ex-wife uh, visited me uh, a lot, you know, on my son. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom came a few times. Uh, you know. Yeah. And what were
1: the combos like when they were coming up?
0: It was just like, how's the world? Just like basic surface shit, nothing too deep, you know? It was just like, like hugging, like wit. My ex-wife was a little bit deeper mm-hmm. uh, when my son, you know, was uh, just seeing him run around and it was hard, you know, like there was, and I think that was a huge change in my life, you know, it's just coming to the visiting rooms and seeing my son cry and wanting and asking me to come home and all the stuff. It's is like, yeah, yeah, it's
1: fucked up. And it forces you to kind of reevaluate like before you're not necessarily maybe thinking about how your decisions are impacting other people yeah. and then once you're in there and you got only time to reflect on it and then you're kind of like ah oh, fuck yeah. like I gotta figure this shit out yeah and then while you're in there was there like violent at all like did you have to like affiliate did you have to fight like uh, were you able to kind of keep clear and just focus on working out
0: yeah I, I kept cleared I mean I've had a couple fights while I was there but I wasn't nothing too crazy mm-hmm. um actually got in a fight maybe like three days when I got to my block and uh, almost got caught and sent to the box of that shit, but got away with it. Mm. Um, but someone just tried to try you like the, as soon as you got there? Uh, no, I so there's the day room, there was chairs out, uh, there's this Mexican kid sitting there and I went to go use the bathroom and he grabbed my chair And put his, so everybody has their own chair and you bring it to your, 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 this like cubicle areas. And this is when I got to the medium. And um, he took my chair when I stepped out and he put his feet on my chair. And I was like, yo, let me get my fucking chair back. And I, uh, he was like, and so I grabbed it and was like, oh, yo, you want to fight? I was like, look, come to the bathroom. Cause the bathroom was where like, we got away with a fight, mm-hmm. and so we 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 scuffed it out a little bit. And then the the lieutenant was coming in to the unit, and they come to do random checkups. And He saw us through the window, and um, he walked in. I ran into a bathroom stall. The kid got caught, and and he had a, he had a, a, a his lump was over his eye he was, was showing a little bit. Um. And and he was like, where's that mark? Where's that mark? Where's the other guys? And there was other people in the bathroom. So everybody walked out and I walked out with the mix and they was like, everybody get back to your units. So I go back to my like little cell thing and uh, <laughs> and I'm standing there and they're checking everybody's like, they, they check everybody's hands and if it's red or if you got cuts or whatever. So they, they basically strip us, you know, to see if we have any marks. And um, the kid didn't snitch on me, but mm. they, he went to the box. Fuck. You saw him after that? Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard that before, like from other people that, like, you'll get tried as soon as you get in. Like, people yeah. kind of just like test if you're pussy or not. Yeah. And then, depending on how you react to the test, is kind of how the rest of your time will go. Yeah, exactly. And then, if you kind of shy away, you kind
0: of like show your pussy, then you're like, uh, sucks. You have to, yeah, you, I've seen people take it, get taken advantage. Yeah. It's, it's Aside, I hate it. I hate bullies. Yeah, it sucks.
1: And the the guys that you were bunked with were they cool? Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you still
0: talk to them? Uh one of them, yeah. uh, Esco. he uh Pablo, he um well, his nickname is Esco, but Pablo uh is his real name and uh he's actually working at a dispensary. I got him a job at working at a dispensary, one of the legal ones. Oh, that's dope. And, yeah. Down so, there. So he's back to it. <laughs> yeah, he's back to it. He's back to Well, he came out and like was struggling to find a job and then he was you know, he was doing his weed runs too. And yeah, so course. um uh I just kept in touch with him and I was like, Yo, bro, if you have a need a job and Yeah. And and he was like, Yeah, you know, but I'm hustling out here and then I called him I was like, Yo, bro, they have you know, jobs where you could work at a dispensary when they first open. Mm-hmm. And so he got to work he's still working at the first dispensary. And he was That's like, Yo, I appreciate you bro like Thank you so much. That's You're sick. doing very well there. That's sick. Yeah. And then are you doing the shock program still? Like all that same stuff? That that was towards the end. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That was what what even end. is that? Like how does that work? So you, you get three years before your release, um, you get a letter for uh, consideration. And so I got considered to go to shock and you could accept it or not you know some people are like fuck that shit i'm not having nobody scream at me or touch me blah 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 and they have this fucking big pride i'm like it's six mo- fucking months and i'm yeah. saving three years of my sentence. i got and kids out get, there like get the up. fuck out you know like and i did shock before mm-hmm. um and so i go to shock uh and i actually get kicked out of the shock i went to the box and then i restarted shock after the box uh and then i came home how long were you in the box for that time 30 days. Fuck Yeah. Brutal? Uh, Yeah. I mean, the box is always brutal. Just mentally tough, yeah. right? What'd you do to stay sharp? Busy. You keep yourself busy, you yeah. know? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, you shouldn't consider it, like, related to the pandemic. But, like, when you were locked in in your house and you were bored as fuck and you're tired, like, you come in, there's so many people coming up with new shit, you know? Right. Obviously, I didn't have no fucking TV. I had no TikTok. I had none of that shit. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm like like my schedule would be wake up, I would work out, I would uh, take like, a, you'll, you get two showers a week, maybe three sometimes, and I would um, take a bird bath, you know, so I would get a slow ass bird and like my water's like dribbling mm-hmm. out of my fucking little sink. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I would write, I would write for like an hour. I wrote my book in there, my Calm Body book, like my oh, whole sick. workout routine. And yeah. this is where I came up with Calm Body, like in that cell. While you were thinking. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I would just write, write, write. And then uh, if I had the opportunity to get a book from the book cart, like when they were coming down once a week, I'd grab two books, knock them shits out. Like I was reading a book a day, you mm. know, like three, 400 pages. And they would give you books. You could kind of like keep your mind busy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, like, I would knock out two books and two days and then then I'm sitting there fucking bored um but I, I uh, that's when I returned really to the bible so I had like a spiritual awakening that happened to me and it really changed my life and um my sister at the time she's still super ver- my, my mom's religious but my my sister's like mother Teresa's child like Jesus like birth her or some shit well oh, she's cool. super religious yeah and um she finds out I was in solitary because I was not calling home. And um, and she writes me a letter and she she's like, I, I spoke to the people in the prison. We know you're in solitary. Something happened. It's going to be okay. All I want you to do is read Psalm 91 from the Bible. And I was like, Psalm 91 from the Bible? I don't fucking need Jesus. I need a fucking lawyer to get me out of this shit, you know, and and um, out of boredom. I had this Bible that she gave me on earlier in my prison sentence. Never opened it up to read it. It would like, in prison, we use Bibles as like our address books because right. that's the only shit that they, they can't take away. It follows you through solitary. It follows you through any mm-hmm. jail that you go, you know, your Quran, Torah, whatever your religious item is, they cannot take away. And so all I had was this Bible. And at that time, I, was, I wrote a letter to my family letting them know like, I'm in this situation. I can get the hell out of here. I'm fighting this case now. I ended up in the box because the, the officer said I was attempting to assault him. Um, I had a situation with an officer and so I'm fighting this semi-ticket case. And um, I write this letter and I closed it and I realized I had no stamp to send out this letter with. And I remember like fucking me, stress as fuck. And my sister writes me this letter didn't open up the bible but out of boredom after like a week in solitary i opened it up and i turned to the pages that she told me to read uh, psalm 91 he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow almighty i will say the lord he is my shelter and my fortress my god and who i trust as i was reading that there was a stamp between the pages of my fucking bible and it dropped and i it was the stamp that i needed to send out this message to my family letting them know what really happened yeah. Bro, that's so cool. That's an awesome story. It's crazy. Damn. And that that changed my life. It was that moment you were like, "All right, let's get into this a little bit." Yeah, I read the Bible from front to back, and like just restarted understanding like what what I needed to do in life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not somebody that pushes religion or right. You know, Hallelujah, Amen, every second. You know, but this is what. Opened my eyes, right? It's your personal thing that helps you, helps you stay focused.
1: Mm -hmm. That's cool. And did you, did you, do you have like a mentor, like a pastor that like came to you, or like you literally were just teaching yourself just through reading the Bible? Yeah, just reading. Whoa, that's crazy. Do you have like favorite books or like passages that you still think about? Obviously the Psalm, but like. Were there things as you were reading, them like through the Gospels, you were like, "Yeah, through oh.
0: through the Gospels." I, I, one thing was like, um, I don't remember the the verses, but like in Paul, he talks about the like money and the root of all evil, and like you know, and and that just you know, money is good. Money, you know, I believe we should all make money, and, but I shouldn't hurt people to make the money. Mm. You know, and and I I really started reflecting on like all the damage, like having Natasha Lyon fucking grabbing my leg in front of my mom, you know, begging me for crack mm-hmm. like like that, I was destroying her. You know, I introduced her to heroin. I, I like I was destroying so many other people that I didn't really care. I had this 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 my soul, my heart was so hardened and at that point I felt like I felt feelings, mm-hmm. you know
1: that's interesting you felt feelings like you could feel the empathy of like oh all these people that i hurt and all of it was it intense like having it all happen at once did you feel guilty
0: yeah i i, I felt very guilty i prayed i and it was it was weird a lot of weird shit i had an out of body experience in SL. cell uh, i've never mentioned that to people like that but like um the one thing that happened to me was like Every time that I was I was there in the middle of the summer, it was over a hundred degrees. There's no air conditioning, no fan in that cell. You're like sweating. I'm naked mm-hmm. all the time, like sweating balls. And um, and every time I opened up the Bible, I felt like I was like seventy-five degrees in front of a beach, like I had this cool sensation in my body that I've never felt, like. What, what happened? I when I would close it, I was like back to reality, back to heat. This was the escape. You could read it and feel
1: comfortable. Yeah. It like literally physically brought you like comfort. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. And so you get out of the box, serve the rest of your time. Your mentality is now completely different. Mm-hmm. like the way you're seeing the world is like you're not
0: the you're not the same person even no i i remember uh meeting my bunkie who's was like this humongous black man like six five fucking 300 pounds he top was on bunk? the top bunk <laughs> that's scary <bro. laughs> you gotta check the screws on that one you're like all right we're good so, but i get i get they they bring me back to general population and he's reading a bible and i'm like Yo, you, you read it, and, and then I share my Psalm 91 story, like, and he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, yo, a stamp fell out of my Bible, it changed my life, and he's like, how much time you did in the box, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and then I never shared that with anybody while I was incarcerated, after I, I felt like I was being judged for it. Nah, bro, that's a beautiful story, that's yeah. cool.
1: You gotta add that to the branding, bro. Yeah, you gotta add a little stamp to the fitted. Yeah, that's a cool. Yeah. That's a cool story, man. I like that idea. That's sick. And so you basically <coughs> are now working out still. The weight's falling off. Like they got to probably get you new like uh, jumpsuits yeah,
0: Like the, the the like I would have to tie my my pants were like falling off. Yeah, we like sew, have we had sewing kits that we could like so I would like sew and I like bunched up here. Yeah, yeah It was crazy. And then, and
1: you're still sort of like in this men, this mental state. Now you mentioned before, I don't know if you want to get into this, but
0: like the Susie's that came through. Like, what's the deal with that? So Susie is like your girlfriend in prison, but that was more like a juvie, like young. like Oh, that was back in, back before. And like Rikers Island, I was using a Susie. So basically, you take a like a latex glove, right? You take the latex glove. You get, try to get the extra large ones, <laughs> no point intended, but like you get the big ones, you stick it in a, in a, like a towel, your bath towel. Yeah. You roll your bath towel <laughs> and you take the the glove and you fold it outside. Right. And so, and then you put lotion in it and then you hold it all together by putting the big long socks. Oh, hilarious. Over the towel. Yeah. And so it's like. And then oh, that, that's, your girlfriend, bro. like a bro. flashlight kid. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah and they let you have those, you gotta like hide Well, you it. make it, well, yeah. you steal the latex gloves from the kitchen workers. Oh. Uh. You know, so like anybody else, Working, y'all broke me back with gloves.
1: <laughs>
0: my old gloves running out, bro. My, my old shit is, is raggedy.
1: <laughs> and then you like take it to the showers or some shit, or like uh, just keep it to yourself? Nah, you throw it away. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not gonna reuse a glove. You now <laughs> nah, you reuse a glove
0: one or two times. Yeah, I won't tell I'm, you. I won't I'm tell, I'm tell I'm you. Multiple suits. You know? <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's, but there was one time where when I went to the, the medium, and we were in a dorm. was not in a cell anymore so i didn't have that privacy to like do me you know so in the dorm you have to like people go to the bathroom they put like a a sheet up or they put like a little piece of toilet paper through the cracks of the door so nobody you could focus Yeah, yeah motherfuckers is making like sex tapes too like so we had like cassette tapes yeah so we're like listening to like porn like just like ah uh, you like know like, a, it's like an audio then, book and then yeah like an audio book but then you have like your magazine that you're watching oh and that's you, hilarious you're doing, but i was like i done it i did it a couple times and i'm like i'm not doing this shit no yeah. more like i'm hearing like a dude walk by i'm like fuck that yeah like but you gotta make like, sure you get the recording right straight, yeah, it was, yeah yeah you straight turn off yeah. but uh um i i so i stopped Masturbating, I stopped doing everything for two years. Oh, wow. Two years. That was when you were upstate? Yeah, when I was upstate. Well, you never, two years? Two years, Damn. two years. I had wet dreams and stuff like yeah, that. Of course, bro. But, like, two years I stopped. And then um what made me go, and I was like, this is not normal, was that I was on the mess hall line, and going to the mess hall was like chicken patty day because that was the only time I went to go to mess hall on Thursdays. And I'm standing on the line, and I'm not hard or anything, chubby, nothing, and I just feel wetness. <laughs> Yo. I literally came on my fucking, like, my whole shit was wet. Bro. And I was like, oh, fuck, and my leg is sticky, and I'm like, I gotta get back. Unit and I like skipped lunch and I fucking ran bro, back embarrassed.
1: That's why they call it the mess hall, bro. Because yeah. you were down there making a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you were in there thinking about those chicken patties. You're bro, like, bro, you,
0: you gotta get your, your, your bro,
1: A chicken patty will get you get you yeah, going. Yeah. I've done that before. I'm not, I've never even been in prison. I had a chicken patty one time. I came in my in my whole pants. It was crazy. That was, that's true. My my wife made a chicken patty. I was like, this is a good. This is a good chicken patty, it's man. Sex in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. That shit killed. That's like my that's my Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my version of it. So then, okay. So basically, now you're doing the workouts, and then you like, okay, I'm ready to leave. The day comes, they give you a
0: knock, and it's like, you did, you did the shock. So uh, this shock, fucking literally, as soon as you step out of that gate, it just the, the air tastes different. Mm-hmm. It just feels like you get like so much weight off your shoulders, like just drops, and so there's there's a bus that picks us up. You know a group of individuals, and they take us to um, uh, the unit. Uh, They take us to the bus stop, Mm -hmm. and they drop us off in the bus stop. And that bus, so I I was let out in like Lakeview Correctional Facility, which is like a nine-hour bus. And I was like, "Fuck that! I'm taking a flight." And so I took a cab with some other guy, and we went to Buffalo Airport, and um, got on it, and I like didn't know if I was going to be able to get on the plane because I had like a parole ID Mm. that was valid for like 60 days. So I get on the plane and I remember like I needed to call my family to see if they could pick me up from the airport. And so I called them. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this flight, blah, blah, blah. Um, first of all, it was a shock because I went in with like a flip phone and came out with a touchscreen phone and like, I had no phone, so when I went out to the airport, like I was looking for a payphone. Yeah, and like the and I, there was no more payphones. That was a
1: fast four years. And, bro. Yeah,
0: it was like yo, I you know, I had no idea what Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, none of this shit was. This was two thousand nine, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, like the the beginning of oh nine. Yeah, and um, and, and so this is like right after the recession, and like I'm going into prison, and it was just. I had a the, the the best technology that we had was a sidekick. No, yeah, yeah the, the one that flips. Yeah, yeah you, you, thought you, were, you thought you were so yeah, hot with the yeah, flip. Yeah, like <laughs> that was my shit. You yeah, know? and yeah, you were rollerblading with the flip phone, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's like <laughs> rollerblading's gay, flip phones are yeah. gay. You're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, and so uh, uh, I came home, and I mean, I get to the airport, I meet, uh, I'm there, and I'm like, I need to call my family. And I asked uh, this lady, I was like, excuse me, miss, can can I use your phone? She it, she passed me this touchscreen phone, and I'm like, no, I need a phone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't need your little iPad and, shit. Yeah,
0: no, I, 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 I got confused for a second. I was like, I had a sense that it was a phone, but I'm like, no, this is like an iPod or something. Bro, bro you're I like I an
1: alien, phone. bro. Like, like, yo, like, this? Seriously, and,
0: <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? I was like, I just came home from prison, and she's like, like she grabbed the phone and she was like, I don't
2: know, but I was not like, like that. Not like I was that. like, I'm not gonna rob you.
0: Don't worry. Like I just need to make a call. I need to call my family. So she like dialed it for me and put it on speakerphone. And you're like and, talking. Oh, hello. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like uh, are you in there,
1: mom? Yeah. Are you in
0: there? <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then I got on this little raggedy plane. She was mad turbulence, but I got to JFK and, and my my family met me there. You know my. My my son, my my ex wife, my parents, my sister, my brother. And what's that feeling? It was great, man. Like just to hold my son out. But it was it was hard because when um when I was in solitary and I got a visit, um that was the last time I saw my son, so I didn't see my son for like maybe eight months. So he was a little bit weeded out, and I felt like he just was just weirded out. Like this guy we're celebrating Mm -hmm. who, you know, he was six years old. Yeah. I came home. So it was, it was, it was not, I, you know, for me, I thought he was like going to embrace me and be this little, yeah, I got a 15 month year. My, my son is 15 years old now, but my, my daughter, I got a 15 month year old now. And so like to have that, you know, uh, before I went in, that was, he was on top of me, hugging me and, you know, all the shit and it was just not the same feeling yeah but yeah. it's going to be interesting now that you get to kind of like
1: you, can, no, we, you, you yeah. can never make up that time yeah but now you got the, your new baby and like yeah. you get to kind of have those years that you didn't get to experience yes yeah.
0: i know me and my son we have an incredible relationship yeah like, how
1: long did it take for him to kind of come around
0: pretty quickly yeah uh, not not to a couple months dad is dad at that yeah of the day. yeah once you yeah. know yeah. teaching him how to swing a bat and shit like that exactly and he sucks but <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro that's you gotta get that's when you realized was your
1: ex was she Dominican also uh, Puerto Rican bro he should be able to swing a bat yeah Dominican Puerto Rican blend like that's yeah. that's best. And, and, and
0: literally our apartment was in front of Yankee Stadium like so like <laughs> on the fourth floor you could we could see the third base slime. oh really we could see A-Rod on third base oh, and the Empire and so, like, I thought he loved baseball, <laughs> and like, he just was not with it. It's like, nah. You know? I was like, whatever. What's he into, though? He's like in art or something? Uh, he, Mechanical engineering. Oh, that's cool. Like, he loves like building stuff. Oh, and, nice. Like, you know, for a moment, he got really good at video games, and now he's like, he likes working with his hands. He wants to do like aerospace engineering.
1: Oh, that's amazing, bro. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so, when you got out, was there any like obviously the temptation is always there where you're like yo I'd seen you know all the money I made before there's guys you know that are probably still on the corner like still making crazy money like was there any temptation to be like yo let me check that out
0: no no you were changed I was totally like convinced that if I trust the process that things will work out and I already had this mentality for calm body Mm. and I literally started the next day like I came home Woke up, went to the park, and started training, and then I started seeing people in my neighborhood, and I'm like, yo, I'm doing this boot camp out here. Like, the next day, and just kept doing it every day. Non-stop? Non-stop, two and a half years in the park. Rain or shine, Rain, shine, motherfuckers is not showing up except for me. You know, like, I'm out there twice a day. You still did it? Twice a day, every day. Not even making money from it, just doing it. Just doing it. Yeah, I was, I started making, my first sale was like, uh, by mistake a little bit like I, I made a couple about 20 bucks 30 bucks but like my first like real sale I made like 200 bucks and it was like this like do so I took a, a piece of pipe and we stuck it between fences me and my boy Pilo and we were like doing pull up bar training and stuff like that and so I had that pipe like set like I put a stick on that pipe and and I was there twice a day and so uh, I, I was training my mom, I was training my neighbor, I was training like a couple other people. It was like three people out there. And this white dude comes up and runs up to the bar and like tries to do a chin up. And I was like, yo, that's my fucking ball. You gotta pay me for that shit. I was joking around. But he was <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I was like, yo, you gotta come join. Join the session now. So he's like, all right, can I work out? I was like, go ahead. And he was like, yo, so how much is the sessions? And I had no concept of like, I was yeah. like, it's like, 200, he's like a month for like semi-private sessions. And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, that's a great deal. And I'm like, Fuck. yeah. <laughs> should've like, charged four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We train here twice a day, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, if you want to do this, like let's go get the money. So I literally walked in the, the, the ATM to him, got 200 bucks and like. <laughs> Bro, you're uh, hustling through yeah. and through. Like and that never leaves. And I, leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I gave him my card and and texted him and that was it, and it then now apart. you're like,
1: "All right, 200 bucks a month. Yeah, let's get 10 more. Yeah, let's get 20 more. Yeah, and then literally just started leveling up. Yeah, and then and what year is that roughly? It's 2013. So 2013. 2013. Yeah. And then at what point do you actually get a facility?
0: Uh, 2015.
1: Uh, okay, so pretty quick. Yeah, you, do, 20, you do that for like, two years.
0: Yeah, a twenty. Uh, uh, so twenty. The end of 2015, like two and a half years, and then. Uh, we opened up January 2016 damn and And, like nobody wanted to rent to me like because of my criminal record like I had to like check that box all the fucking time did you
1: try getting regular jobs
0: I tried getting regular jobs I I had jobs like where I was working like as a a illegal immigrant basically Uh, it was crazy like uh, nobody wanted to hire me so which is so annoying because you're sitting here being like yo I'm smarter than you motherfuckers and I, the, I didn't and I, I got for me it was not even like I was not and that 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 mindset never came to me. It was right. just like I just wanna I just want a job. Yeah. Like my mom was charging me like two hundred bucks a month for the couch. Damn. You know, <laughs> like I was renting the couch from her at that yeah. time. And and uh and I was doing like housekeeping work. And so my, my uncle had uh like housekeeping work at a hotel nearby and he was basically pay he was paying me 8 dollars an hour while he was making like 16 dollars an hour he was not doing shit and yeah. I'm, I'm doing a fucking work yeah, yeah, and yeah i'm working off the books
2: yeah um yeah.
0: And so i just kept doing that and doing training and then i did an internship uh where i was helping people with their resumes and i i i really wanted a desk job like cuz I, I had a little bit of technical skills and I told them I know how to do like presentations, spreadsheets, all oh shit. I had no like, fucking idea what the fuck <laughs> yeah. Microsoft Suite was, you yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah, you didn't even so, know what iPhone was. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like literally taking like all, I would come home and like be on my brother's laptop and like do like the typing test tape because yeah. I hadn't, I was like typing like this at work, you know? And I was like boom. And so he taught me how to do spreadsheets. You know, he got into finance and and just got in it. And then the spot that you opened up. Where'd you open it? Uh on the same corner where I sold drugs at got locked up at in the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Brum and Eldridge. Uh it was a Buddhist temple, uh, in the basement. And that, that and so I found a Craigslist uh um offering a listing and um I went to check it out. And that that spot, uh I called the, the broker, the broker spoke to the landlord. And the brokers trying to convince the landlord not to rent to me because of my criminal record, and what I was trying to—I was trying to do a prison style boot camp with yeah. ex-cons in a fucking room, you know, like. Yeah. And so, uh, the the landlords called me and was like, "I believe in second chances," and she gave me a chance, and and uh there was like, like a big. St- Buddha statue on the first floor of the temple and like we're in the basement playing like DMX and like people are <laughs> worshipping and you just hear like X give it to you. That's crazy. And then you literally like buying
1: like the gate of the prison like from eBay and like putting it in and like yeah. building out the whole brand of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that became uh cause uh, so there was clients that I was getting the, a lot of wh- white women with yoga pants that I was training at the yeah, time yeah. and one worked at PR and uh, she was like oh I, I love your story I want to write up a story and she did a story on well and good mm. um, it blew me up and um, and she wrote like you know she asked me what what do you want to do I was like I want to open up my own studio I had no idea I was going to open up like a studio that looked like a jail Yeah, you know? it's like I want to Put a gel cell, and I have like five minute showers. I want to put mugshot gates. I want to do this and that. Like we get into the branding, blah blah blah. Um And she was like, awesome, and she published it. And then I was like, fuck, she put it out there, and now I got to do it. You know, like, I, like yeah, I was just
1: bullshit. Yeah, nah. I was just like just freestyle, and <laughs> yeah. just kept
0: talking shit. You know, and now it's real. And so the time came, and I did it, crazy. Yeah. And then now you have the one spot, and the goal is like.
1: Yo, keep franchising.
0: Franchising. Uh, One thing that we're doing that's huge is we're we're going inside Rikers Island. We're going into the juvenile facilities, training the inmates in there, um, getting them trained so we can give them a pathway when they come out. That's sick. Um, I've been able to hire over 70 people coming out of the prison system. Mm -hmm. Um, We still have a zero recidivism rate. Wow. Nobody has gone back.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Is it a little tough? like? that you are hiring like former uh incarcerated like vetting them because there are obviously some incarcerated people that might not be fit for it
0: yeah i mean it it is hard you yeah know? It, and 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 it is what it is you know if, in the beginning i was just like i'm gonna hire you as a trainer and that was it mm-hmm. you know and then they then they started facing like parole issues and i'm like i gotta help them because and then like the housing issues right At one point, I had like four air mattresses in the boot in the basement, like because my staff was all homeless. Wow! You know, so I'm like waking up at five a.m., deflating it at five thirty, like starting class at six a.m. You know, and like bringing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to the gym to feed everybody.
1: Wow!
0: Like, and this shit's all documented. Like, we have a huge documentary that's coming out. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, with a four-time Academy Award. She's been following me around for eight years. Eight and a half years now. Oh wow. When is that gonna drop? Uh should be this year. That's great, bro. Six part docuseries. It's that's crazy. great. And then when did the book Derek work? is in it?
1: Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man.
0: Oh, yeah, man. shout out to Derek. He's one of uh, yeah, he the best comedians us. I know. Yeah,
1: exactly, man. Yeah. So that was actually the first time that I had not the first time. I heard about it through Wheezy yeah. uh first and then I went and saw a show there. Max and Derek were doing a show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this place is sick. And then <laughs> I literally like looked it up and I was like, watched the Vice documentary. And I was like, bro, I got like this is <laughs> insane. And it's like, it's just cool to like hear the whole story and like see yeah. the whole arc and the, the full circle moment yeah. of getting caught in the corner to opening up a business to then helping people that were incarcerated, but like really being about the work, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like at this point, it doesn't, it's interesting. I'm curious what your perspective on this is. Like as your focus isn't only money, Like Mm -hmm. obviously you're running a business, but the focus before was just money. Who gives a fuck? But now it's like, yo, let's create a product that really helps people, Mm -hmm. changes people's lives, both clients and trainers. Are you finding that the emotional benefit is actually
0: greater than the pursuit of money? Uh, Absolutely. And, and and I think the biggest thing is like, I, I, I go, go, go. And I put my head down and I'm just working, working, working. But then sometimes like, I get stopped by one of my trainers, or I get a text message, and they're like, "Yo, I appreciate the fuck out of you." Like, I got my own place, I got my family, I'm, I'm supporting. Like, I'm good right now, you know, because you and I wouldn't realize that because I'm just going, going, going. Right. But those moments, like I, I feel like, you know, my heart fills up. You yeah. Know? Um, it hasn't been easy at all. Yeah, it's know? a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. Ten years I've been doing this. Yeah. But it's cool to see the fruits of it, and that it's yeah. so
1: positive, yeah, and that I don't know that's that's from the Bible you'll know you'll know a tree by its fruits, yeah, and like this is it seems like a different tree than you know the tree yeah. we were talking about before
0: and 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 the documentary i haven't seen it, I don't know what she took from it, but like she's not only like did me, but like she followed the people that I hired, and them going off to their own journeys and starting their own companies, or they're starting to work somewhere else, and like so I'm I'm very interested in like seeing even though I keep in touch with almost everybody like like I'm very interested to see like where's everybody at yeah like you know, how everybody's doing so it's like it, it became like a a web of of course groups. and it, and it cycles positively
1: in the way that the neg the 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 web cycle negatively mm-hmm. now you got this positive web yeah. that's creating positive change without you even knowing it yeah. and you're gonna be able to see it and one day like 30 years from now. You're gonna meet some kid that's like, bro, you hired my dad and he like he got to take us on trips and yeah, it's like crazy, changed man. my life because he was gonna go back to the fucking crack game, mm-hmm. but he had a way out.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's cause of you. It's crazy. It's gonna be wild. And now I'm selling weed. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> like what that. what's
0: combat? Uh I mean it's just a it's it's a matrix. <laughs> right? <laughs> like So I got locked up for selling weed, yeah. I did time for it, and now like um out, you know getting a license for it so like New York State is allowing people that have been uh, done time for cannabis been mm-hmm. convicted for it and then also have a net profitable business for at least two years there's not many people that came home and started a business after doing time for weed yeah. you know so like it's a very small pool of us and I got the opportunity to launch a new brand uh, a couple years ago now like called ConBud um, on Instagram ConBud NY but like I want to hire people that have been justice impacted by the war on drugs to sell drugs legally. Yeah. And I, I look at weed as like a plant, you know, like we're not putting any chemicals in it. Like it's yeah. from the ground. It's a it's a blessing, yeah. you know. Um,
1: it's literally medicine. Like how yeah. people literally need it to like sleep for chronic pain. Like even so if you much. just want to like chill after work. I relax. Like, yeah. Just take a breather. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, is it frustrating to you or was it frustrating to you like thinking about all the people that are still in prison for weed and then you it's like oh but now the state can make money on it
0: yeah <laughs> well the state doesn't have any more people in prison oh really for cannabis in no. new york or in, federally in new york uh federally yes right so uh, federal prisons in new york there are individuals that have gotcha um uh, cannabis charges but in the state they completely legalized it. They opened up the keys to the all and they the expanded everybody's old record. That's great. Yeah. The majority of people's.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's people probably doing multiple shit. It's like weed and yeah. crack or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's cool, though. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, it must be weird for you to walk around like this area now and like
0: everything's nice. Everyone's smoking weed. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, bro. The what? other day I saw this fucking white dude just go up to a cop and was like, where do I go? And and like he has a joint in his hand, and I'm like, bro, hide that shit. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like that shit would have been in my ass right now, you know, you're in my sun, prison like, pocket. Bro, those are cops. <laughs>
1: He's literally wearing a whole hat. You're like, like Dot.
0: yo, what the fuck it's just is wild to me to see like, and I, I think a lot of these kids take it for granted, you know, yeah. like they didn't grow up being, you know, these early 20 year olds or whatever like they, they never had to face the, the prohibition of cannabis yeah, of You had to hide it yeah I mean this is this is a great story and I think it's a cool arc and the
1: circle is just insane yeah and I'm excited to see what happens next I'm yeah. excited to see a franchise out
0: and get yeah more. I'm working on franchises like now yeah. I'm, just, I'm just waiting like it's a whole government thing you have to wait for the government to approve your franchise to right. close your documents it's a paperwork a lot bullshit. of lawyer Shit. Yeah, yeah, Been working on it for like eight months. I, but I
1: could see this in like Miami go
0: crazy. I could see it in yeah. like a lot of the big cities just I being got over like... 90 franchise requests. Really? Yeah. Wow. After Ellen. Yeah, that's crazy. right. That's right. It's crazy so many people hit me up. I mean, that's
1: amazing, bro. I'm excited yeah. for you. Thank you, bro. Yeah, it's going to be cool. No, Your story is seriously like, uh, it makes me like, it's like, it's, I mean, it get emotional thinking about like this kid that had nothing- Try to like business savvy, got into the wrong shit, and then turn it around. Yeah, and then the religious element of it is cool. Do you, are you still going to church? You still praying? I
0: I pray, but I don't go to church. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. are still in the Bible though. Yeah, I teach on Sundays. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah, I teach. That's when that's the the day I teach classes, and I tell people when they come to my classes, I'm like. When I beat the fuck out of you and they're on the floor and I'm like, you look like you're in a praying position. I'm like, Jesus is not here to save you. I'm fucking you up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this that's, is a that's new your church. church. That's your church,
1: <laughs> man. Cause I appreciate you, bro. No, thank, thank you so you, much bro. for coming through, man. This is great. Thank you. Thank you.